It's Take 12, the Film 5 podcast, with me, Russell Diver, and him, Phil Newman. Phil Newman, that's me. Yes, Bonsoir. it is you. <laughs> and how are you, sir? Not too bad at all. Not too bad. Brilliant. Yeah, looking forward to uh, going in on uh, 2021 in cinema. Yes, indeed. Our last episode, um, film scores of the 1950s. I got a lot yeah. of good feedback. Actually. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it as well. And, um, and so did the audience, apparently, from what, what I've heard. The only downside is that we couldn't play the music, which is, of course, a yeah. copyright thing. Um, but I've, I've got, for example, you managed to sing some of it with a uh, <laughs> yes. modicum of success. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. I mean, I did do the singing, but the, uh, the modicum of success, I think, is far wider than Mark. <laughs> but a friend, friend of the show, Duncan, friend of mine, um, he, he was listening to it, and it took him about two or three days to listen to it because he kept yeah. pausing it and then listening to the music over oh, the next okay. few hours or the next day or two, oh. <laughs> all the way oh. through all of our countdown. I'm glad so. you enjoyed it, Duncan. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Yes, hello to Duncan. Keep listening. Well, good news is it won't take you all week to listen this time because it is just a plain old out and out. It will do if we go in. on for hours and hours like we did with James Bond, <laughs> but apart from that, yeah. Yes, indeed. Well, this time, of course, and it is a little bit delayed because we're a bit behind with the schedule. We missed two or three months. We're getting back on track. This is our second one of the Canada year, um, but it is our summary and our opinions on the best five films each from the year 2021. And as with last year, um, we are doing it based on the criteria of, well, really just going by IMDb's release date in the UK um, categorization. So some things you might think, should be in there actually may have been just before or just after 2021 in UK release terms. That's basically the criteria, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And Phil, do you have an intro on this subject before we get into the first part of our campaign? I've got a few kind of just notes. So it was a bit of a strange one last year in that I I had a quick look into it. The cinemas didn't actually open until May the 17th last year. So we had four and a half months with no no cinemas which was horrible and it meant that kind of a few things went straight to streaming or got delayed and there's still some films that were supposed to come out last year that are sort of we're still waiting for now um yeah and then we i mean obviously once once the cinemas opened again we then had the euros and england did really well so nobody went to the cinema in june so it, it it's really the latter half of the year that we're, that we're looking at here really isn't it yeah um I had a quick look at the top five at the global box office. Um, and it, it, it's kind of interesting reading, really. Um, I'd only heard of three of the films. I had no idea <laughs> that Chinese films made so much money in, domestically. Ah, right. So in terms of the, the, the uh, worldwide box office, um, number five, Fast and Furious 9, $726 million. Number four, No Time to Die, $774 million. Number three, a Chinese comedy, High Mum, $842 million. Oh. Number two, and this sounds like my sort of thing, although the reviews aren't that good. Um, <laughs> it's the Choi Hark film, The Battle of Lake Changjin. It made $914 million at the box office. Bloody uh, it's a Chinese epic war film um, that was kind of commissioned by the communist party as part of their 100th anniversary celebrations i've never even heard of it that was the second <laughs> biggest film at the box office last year and far and away the biggest uh, number one was uh, spider-man no way home which had like yeah. 1.9 billion yeah but mm. uh well that's something all interesting 
I mean, it's a weird year, wasn't it? As you said, the streaming came to the fore in the first part of the year, as it had done previously with the first lockdown. And I, I caught up with loads and loads of stuff on Netflix, iPlayer, uh, yeah. Amazon Prime, stuff, a few bits Dis- on DVD. Di- I hadn't Disney got to as watch well, it. yeah. Disney stuff as well. I didn't. I don't have the Disney Channel, but uh, yeah, I watched, watched loads, and, and yeah, went relentlessly to the cinema when they reopened. Um, I've got a great deal where I've got a two-year membership at a cinema joint membership with the other half um where you it's it's basically like the unlimited at cineworld yeah um, where you just pay in advance and you can watch as many films as you want actually you can only watch each film once we discovered at one point um but essentially you they've got loads of stuff on it's all the art house stuff the middle of the road stuff the decent dramas some good kind of decent punchy or, or not punchy um international cinema um really really good cinema it's called art house in crouch end i'll recommend it but we, we got a two-year membership there so of course they had this big backlog of stuff that they've been itching to release yeah yeah definitely. so there was a, there was a, well, I mean, a it's frenzy not, it's, of release. it's almost like a kind of <laughs> you know well it's a year or whatever it is a built up really isn't it yeah exactly it's um sort of like a sudden release sort of pressure you know it's just building up um, so we we just went to town and I ended up watching probably almost as much at the cinema as I always do, despite yeah. that um, four or five month hiatus, which is bizarre. And, and of course, loads on streaming services as well. Yeah, I, I, I did my nerd thing and went through my spreadsheets earlier. I have watched 78 and a half films that were released in the UK. In 78 and a half films. One film I just turned <laughs> off halfway through, well, not even halfway, about a third of the way in, because I couldn't get on with it. Maybe we'll talk about that later. I, you might pick it, so I won't say anything just okay. yet. Okay, let's um, see. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll wait and see. Uh, like I did last year, I have predicted what I believe your top five to be. <laughs> last year, I got three out of five. I'm yeah. hoping to do better this year. All right. And I've, I've also secretly done my own little... Um, estimation um, mine is so obvious it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah, yeah i think i'm gonna get i think i'm gonna do well you're gonna get all yours. five yeah <laughs> right okay well i mean we, we'll start with um with me again i think this week isn't it so yeah um number five as quite often i seem to find the case i had a real problem picking between two films here i had a, I, essentially i had a very tough um decision between 10 films altogether. I mean, yeah. so 10 were on the long list. Uh, no, sorry, nine. Nine were on the long list. And um, it was a real tricky one to, to pick which ones. I to go got for. it down to a list of about 25, and then I had to choose the top five from, from yeah. there. The top two were pretty much set in stone, and the other ones just kept moving around all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, tricky. Okay, well, at number five, in the end, it boiled down to, to two films. Um, one which I eventually didn't go with, which is Surge. I don't know if that'll be in yours, but we'll, I'll talk about that a bit more later. I've never on, even heard of that. Oh, have you not? Well, actually, I might as well talk about it now. Then. So Surge is a film with Ben we'll, Whishaw. We'll, we'll, we'll do all the, you know, the catch-up yeah. of the, you know, um, yeah. other ones well, that we enjoyed at the end. But yeah. I mean, essentially, just to very briefly summarise it for now, it's a Ben Whishaw film. It's a real, it's pretty much a one-hander in terms of it's all about him and an amazing physical performance. We'll go into more detail later. But yeah. what I went for instead of that was something that could not be um, any more difference actually <laughs> um, okay. and it's one of which I think is definitely going to be in your top five you're probably going to be disappointed to have me to find I've got it at number five it is of course no time to die yes of course mm. it will it might, I've got to say of course it will be making an appearance at some <laughs> point in my top five yeah yeah you think I, there are four films better than this then this could be interesting yes I do yeah yeah but not by much but, but yes <laughs> Um, so yeah, no time to die. Obviously, 
I mean, everyone will probably know what this is about. The yeah. latest James Bond film, heavily delayed because of the aforementioned lockdowns. Uh, Daniel Craig's last outing as Bond, which we knew about in advance, and it's been this protracted process of, you know, getting to finally see that final performance. Um, an epic yeah. film, a pretty long running time. And yeah, yeah, 163 minutes. Yeah, is that the longest Bond film? I've not actually. I think it is. Yeah, yeah, I think Honor Majesty's Secret Service is quite a long one, but I think that that's it's got to be it's up there. Yeah. So yeah. for the for the um, two people that maybe haven't seen it, uh, <laughs> a synopsis is James Bond has left active service. Um, his peace is short-lived when Felix Leiter, an old CIA friend, turns up asking for help, leading Bond on the trail of a mysterious villain armed with dangerous new technology. Yep. Directed exactly. by uh, Kari Joji Fukunaga, um, believe it or not, the first American to direct a Bond film ever. Um, yep. He's also the first director to have a writing credit as well. Um, he's mostly known previously for his work on True Detective the TV series, but he'd also uh, yeah. directed um, Jane Eyre and Beast of No yeah. Nation. And he I'm going to guess he's of Japanese-American heritage by I'm, his surname. I'm presuming so, yeah. Because <laughs> originally it was going to be Danny Boyle, wasn't it? And they got that's quite right, a long yeah. way down. I mean, we don't know much. We know it's a completely different script, and that's what they had a falling out of. I mean, his normal sort of scriptwriter, John Hodge, the guy that trained spotting and lifeless all and yeah. everything else, he'd written something for them. And they, the only thing we know about it is the casting call that went out for a kind of a, a um, cold and charismatic Russian, a witty and skillful female lead, and supporting roles of Maori descent with advanced combat skills. And that's about as much as we know as the James Bond film that Danny Boyle wanted to make. <laughs> yeah. um, but we've we got no to... time to die instead. I mean, we kind of knew beforehand that it was going to be Daniel Craig's last Bond film as far back as 2017, he was saying. Yeah, it suggested he, it. The, the brutality and the physicality of the role and injuries that he picked up meant yeah. he was moving into his 50s and it was just, uh, it, it, it was time to call it a day. I think, they, he... I think Eon wanted to do two more and he said, no, one, that's it. Yeah, and I he really that, is very right immersive, decision. isn't he? I mean, he's yeah. very immersive. He, he really does want to. I think it would pretty much insist on doing whatever stunts are doable for a yeah. uh, for, for a primary actor. Um, that's not Jackie Chan. Yeah, he certainly lives and breathes the part as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, excellent film. I mean, we did talk about it, of course, when we did the Bonds um, We didn't episode. We really talk um, about it, did we? we? We're not about the plot, I don't think, did we? Or really we very much we, about it. We said we pick yeah. it up in this one. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we've, we've covered it a little bit, but not in much detail. So, I mean, this is a film which has got several elements to it overall, broadly speaking. You've got the hark back to the past, particularly to Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, I mean, the, the kind of, they, we have all the time in the world. It's a recurring thing that gets mentioned yeah. and the music comes up. Yeah. I think that was really, really nicely done. I did, yeah. I thought it's uh, subtle is probably not the right word, but I thought yeah. it was it was appropriate and just yeah. fitted just nicely. Um, the, the strains kind of just leaking back in here and there, the orchestral yeah. bit side of that as well. Um, obviously, you've got a very, I mean, I don't know if we're going to plot spoil this completely, are we, Phil, just before we... We're, we'll try not to. Okay. Bit, yeah. yeah. Well, there's something that happens in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is quite distinctive. Well, two things. One of them is you've got someone in a random one-off role as Bond. The other yeah. thing is a narrative-related element. Yeah. And there is something very similar in this. In fact, there's a whole theme around him actually falling for somebody and having true love rather yeah. than just... Um, you know, seducing girls and then throwing in some witticisms as he walks off afterwards. It's um, a strange one, but, but you buy into it. I mean, this with some some bomb films, 
you don't necessarily kind of um, genuinely care about all of the characters, but this one, you really, really do. You really like mm. like them, and you want to see them make it out of this, out of yeah. it, to make it all the way to the end. You can't. It's not like you're saying, "Well, she's cannon fodder, and he's going to get blown <laughs> up." And like you can normally can kind of do. Yeah, it's got a poignancy to it, hasn't it? And there's, it really is very emotive for the end. You know, you do it's, get I very think emotional. It's by far the best acted Bond film. Hopefully. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I think so. And, and on that basis, then in the end, that just tipped the balance for me with Surge. I mean, they're so different films. Uh, it's, it's hard to quantify them, but in terms of, it just felt like this had to be then on wish the, you're in the both list of, of five. Yeah, of course. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, one plot spoiler we do have to mention is that poor old Bill Bailey turns up, but is quickly whacked, isn't he? In, uh, in this. Yes. Was it Hugh Dennis? Oh, sorry, what am I talking about? Yes, I'm, I'm mixing up um, something else I was thinking of. Yes, yeah, sorry, Hugh Dennis, not yeah. Bill Bailey, yeah. Hugh Dennis, there was um, there was a load of um, stuff on, I think it was um, the, uh, uh, what's it called, Not The Week, where they were playing up to it the whole way through an episode. Oh, okay. About how he, how he, he was on the screen for several seconds. Yeah. That isn't going to ruin your enjoyment if you haven't seen no. it, by the way. But I think, I think the, the character, I mean, I think um, Lashana Lynch has known me, the kind of new 007. I think yeah. she's great. Anna de Armas as Paloma, the CIA agent, almost steals the show. I want to see her get her own spin off, you know. Um, yeah. if, if I have a, a, a kind of sort of not quite so good. I think Christoph Waltz never quite did it for me as Blofeld. Again, I don't really... He doesn't kind of capture that Hannibal Lecter vibe that they're going for. I know for. what you mean, yeah. Um, and I think Rami Malek is just... you. Well, I don't know if it's, he's useless or he's just wasted. He doesn't really have a lot to do and he doesn't really do much with it. It feels a weak villain, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's quite insipid, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, so we there were flaws yeah. in it. Yeah, I mean, it, no doubt about it. It could have been better. Even better. Um, what I liked about it was the epic scale they took on, and you know, I mean, really ter- went I mean to town in terms it. of epic scale, I had a look at. So it was filmed at Pinewood on the 007 stage, like normally. Of course, it was yeah. filmed in Italy, Jamaica, Norway, the Faroe Islands, Cuba, Scotland, and London. <laughs> Brilliant! <laughs> it, it packs a lot into it. Into <laughs> his running time because he's retired and living in Jamaica, isn't he? At the beginning of the story, I think. It is, yeah. Yeah. Correctly, yeah. Most but... of it was sort of filmed summer 2019. They obviously had the eye on the 2020 release. This was the first mm. film that got delayed because of COVID, yeah. famously do, so. Do you reckon the Jamaica element is just a, again another art back to the past with Fleming's location, so, of course? Yeah. But... Um, for where he's written his stories, yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's very self-reflective, as they as they call it in the industry, um, but in a good way. I think that can be nauseating or very aggravating yeah. when that's done sometimes. But I do think it just touches all the right elements, and it's um, it, it's yeah. just a very good balance film. And I've just recently watched the re-release of the Godfather um, yeah. original, which um, I'm sure you know is uh, the 50th anniversary. That's yes. why they've, they've done it, and that is a film which is just under three hours long. And it's a film that doesn't feel like it's anywhere no. near that length. And I have to say, um, any, it doesn't either. There's quite a few films of this length which don't feel that long. And I've seen films an hour and 20 minutes long which feel like they're twice as yeah. long as that. So editing, yeah. narrative, acting, directing, yeah, all it's of those very elements satisfying. The cinematography is yeah. gorgeous. I think... Um, the director Fukunaga, he said, I want to film on film rather than digital. I want to get yeah. the look right. So it looks yeah. amazing. Again, another it's, retro it's genuinely funny in, in some occasions. You can, so, um, Daniel Craig asked that Phoebe Waller Bridge, her of uh, Fleabag and 
Killy yeah. Eve got to do a bit of a script polish and you can feel her kind of DNA in sort of some it's of the snappy dialogue. Snappy yeah. and zippy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, I'm a big fan of her. She's great. Um, and it's good in that respect. Um, I just think um, there's a lot of detail in there. I think it's handled well. As we said, the, yeah, the, the long running time isn't a problem because all of the elements are put together well enough. It flows and it, it felt great. I saw that at the Upfield Picture House, which I've been meaning to go to for a long time. Yeah. Nothing to do with the Picture House chain. It's an independent cinema run by the same gen- uh, by the same family over two or three generations. Uh, a yeah. guy called Kevin Markwick. Who I heard it. your um, your your podcast you did on the Brighton Rock with him. Yeah. Yes, which is a football podcast, but he's a Brighton fan, but he yeah. loves the cinema. So we, we had him on there. He's um, if anyone does recognise the name, it's because uh, not only is Markwick a very typical name of the area, apparently, a classic um, Sussex name, but also he's been on the BBC radio, is it three or four? Yeah, yeah. Called the Film film Programme, which is a podcast which recently finally ended. But um, he was on there talking about, the you know, all the trials and tribulations of running a cinema during lockdown. Yeah. So he's I really mean, this, engaged this was expected and to, be... to get down to his cinema, this, and it's a great yeah, film to watch. This was expected to be the film that kind of saved cinemas from going under, wasn't it? And I think there was still a lot of nerves, but it is the third highest grossing film in UK cinema history, yeah. considering we had COVID to deal with at the same time. Three out of the top five are bomb films. <laughs> um, yeah, Skyfall's number two, Spectre's number five. Number one is uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens. But considering it had to deal with all of the social distancing guidelines and everything else, it certainly got a lot of people to the cinema, which is great. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Um, I don't know if there's much more I want to talk about in, in regards to the film because I think it's just one that, if anyone hasn't seen it, I don't want to spoil anything more for them. If you haven't seen it, what, what, what have yeah, you what been doing? You <laughs> so, yeah, the only other thing I've got to mention is I had that on my prediction of your films. I had it at number four. Ooh, but close. I'm counting it. Yeah. I've, uh, I'm one for one so far. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Fair enough. Well, Phil, it's time to turn to your number five, then, I think. Let me see if I've got this. Let's see. It's not exactly complicated. So, number five, I have gone for Nobody. <laughs> obviously <Tick. laughs> I, I, I did think i did think it would be higher actually i thought it might be about a number three but yes i've got nobody yeah. on the list having to be fair i've already heard you raving about this film anyway yeah so. oh, it's wonderful <laughs> um so uh, it, it's a film that a lot not a lot of people seem to be aware of it kind of got, got missed a bit in the whole cinema i think because it kind of mm. came out earlier and it doesn't really seem to have turned up on any streaming platforms so uh, for those that don't know, it's a story of a docile family man called Hutch Mansell, played by the wonderful Bob Odenkirk, better known yeah. as Saul Goodman from uh, Breaking Bad. Um, he reveals his true character after his house gets burgled by two petty thieves, which coincidentally leads him into a bloody war with a Russian crime boss. It's not a spoiler to say that basically he's a trained killer. He's basically an American James Bond, but more of a psychopath um, who's trying to kind of make a life in the suburbs, you know, on the quiet. Yeah. And he works for he's got Michael Ironside as his father in law that he works for. He's Connie Nielsen and his wife. His dad is played magnificently by um, Christopher, Get, um, Christopher Lloyd, Christopher- rather. Christopher Lloyd, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's basically, he, he, he's in the wrong situation. He bumps into the wrong people. He goes on a cycle of revenge. And 
it's it's well it's so it's directed by uh, a Russian uh, Ilya Naishula who's uh, also made the film before Hardcore Henry which you've ever seen that it's mad Russian action film it's quite interesting yeah it's yeah. It, um, it's worth watch so it's written by Derek Kolstad um, creator of the John Wick films this is very much Saul Goodman as John Wick. It, that is all. That is everything <laughs> to know about the film. Although obviously it has a lot more humour than the John Wick films because it's got Bob Odenkirk in it. Yeah. Um, it's just has absolutely nothing new whatsoever. But if you want to see an easy to like character destroy bad guys in a never ending <laughs> array of different ways, um, with completely cartoony violence over the top. Um, <laughs> The body count is in three figures. It's not, don't take it serious. It's just funny. It's horrible. It's nasty and it's violent. And I absolutely loved it. Yeah. It's proper. I suppose you call it a B movie in, in a sense. Yeah. It's proper. Just, just kick back, have fun, popcorn type of film. Bob Odenkirk, I love him because he's just sort of come up from not, not some peripheral. He's a stand up really. comedian originally, he was, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. Stand up comedian. And he's done these. He's in um, Breaking TV- Bad. TV yeah. programs, yeah, Breaking Bad, and then of course the spin-off Better Call Saul, which is a bit of a, a very different vibe, actually. Yeah, like, yeah. It really strikes a different note. Anyway, those things is pretty much where he's made his name. He's obviously popped up in bits and pieces since. I think he was in a presidential kind of, or, or some yeah, sort of yeah. um, statesman sort of role in one film. I can't remember what it was. But he, he basically, he's, he's, he's just been a man who's made his name from those two major, major success TV series. And then he's popped up in certain films. And this is his first, this is, I think his first lead role, isn't it? Well, yeah, and it's certainly the first action film. And, yeah. you know, and he, he, he throws himself into it. I mean, he, he, t- he takes plenty of punches as many as he gives out. It feels like. <laughs> yeah, it's raw and rugged, isn't it? You feel yeah. the punches in this film. Which is, I think, when you're doing a film like that, that's how you want it to feel. Yeah. You can really feel the pain. I mean, there's, um, yeah, you, you, I mean, it's, it's a cliche in a sense, you know, there's more to him than meets the eye yeah. and all that stuff. And he beats up the baddies, you know, all of those things that are very conventional in one sense. But I think but it's, it's I mean, handled. if this film had been made in the 80s, it would have been Arnold Schwarzenegger mm. in that role. And it's it wouldn't just have nice. been as good. It would, it would never have been, been half as interesting, would it? Yeah. Because he's a guy who's more ordinary. He's not ridiculous. And he wouldn't have Christopher Lloyd in his, in his, well into his eighties walking around with a pump action shotgun taking out bad guys. <laughs> what more could you want than Christopher <laughs> what Lloyd? What more do you want with a pump film? action? <laughs> and that, that really did add. I mean, that's, that's what I think with any great film, those side characters, oh, smaller yeah, characters, yeah. They, they just embellish it, don't they? Just to enhance it. It's, yeah. it's extra garnish on the, yeah, for, for the meal. And that, that meal was very tasty. I loved it. Great film. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, it, as you said, it's, it's not, um, it's got no pretenses. It's got no yeah. airs or graces. It just is what it is. And it's just handled very, very well. I think it's brilliantly directed. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think yeah. That, and it's, it's very inventive yeah. in a lot of ways. Just yeah. watching people get, getting shot over and over it's, again. It's, it's like what, it's boring. Yeah. It's like watching someone play a computer game or whatever. Yeah. But watching people. <laughs> Just taken out in a variety of different over the top ways. It is cartoonish, but it's yeah. just fun. Last um, week they greenlit a sequel. Uh, Derek Colstad's writing it again. They've well, talked about doing a crossover with John Wick, but um, as they're made by different studios, I can't really ever see that happening. Yeah, interesting. I wonder whether that will be good or not. A sequel? Who knows? Fingers crossed. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this might be very much one of those lightning in a bottle once kind yeah. of deals. Final word from me on that would be to say that bus scene 
Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. You know what's going to happen. It happens, <laughs> and you're smiling all the way through. Yeah, and the, and the line, the, the quip as he leaves the bus as well. Brilliant. Yeah. Oops, that's a bit of a plot spoiler, isn't it? I suppose, but never yeah. mind. Uh, yeah. Who, who knew he, he got out of a If you haven't situation. seen it, hunt it down. It, it's yeah. well, well, well worth your time. It's Friday night. You've had a couple of beers. You've had Domino's deliver your pizza. You could do a lot worse. <laughs> yes, indeed. Absolutely. What what a great film. Uh, good choice, I think. Um, so that's your number five. Right. Okay. Well. Uh, Can I just I've, ask you quickly, what are you drinking at the moment? Yeah, well, I have been recently quaffing upon um, Nesta, a forbidden extra stout, which is quite nice. It's a small so temperature. That's what he's been up to since he retired from football. <laughs> yeah. um, very decorative cans, another one of the yeah. classic crafty um, artwork things. And I'm now onto this. I'm, I've decided I've got the cat with me over there uh, sitting on the other side of the uh, computer. So I thought I'd drink a, a can of beer with a cat on it. And this is another stout. Bevog, Bevog, Bevog. Yeah, it's apparently something to do with um, uh, Scottish Highland wildcats, which are all as good as extinct now. They're virtually gone. Yeah. And apparently they're, um, there's some sort of preservation campaign to try and keep them going. And I don't know if that's just a tribute to that or part of the campaign. Who knows? But all I can tell you is it tastes nice. What about you, Phil? I'm on. I'm not on any craft ale tonight i'm on the um tried and trusted i'm on the bath ales and i'm on the gym oh, if you yes. ever go for a few beers in bath you'll see bath ales and their their beers everywhere and they're great <laughs> yeah. not very creative name admittedly but nice no beers. but they certainly do the job and they've got what is it a hare or a um, rabbit on the so, yeah there? yeah yeah i think it's a hare yeah <laughs> they do a few of them is it the barnsley i think it's my favorite but I, they didn't mm. have that in tesco so i've got a gem <laughs> I'm working my way through the stouts tonight. I've got another one lined up in a minute as well, because um, it just feels wintry, and I, I'm, I'm yeah. getting the sense that spring is on its way. Definitely. So I want to get them, get them packed away. <laughs> right. So okay. number four, can I take yes. off another one off my list of films that I've predicted? Let's find out. As I reveal, my number four is a very visceral film, which I loved. Um, it's Sound of Metal. It's not on my list. Oh, okay. good, good, good. I didn't want you to have 100%. I don't want to be too predictable. <laughs> yes, Sound of Metal, which is... Um, yes, yeah, great frankly, film. A great film, yeah. I, I loved it. I mean, the, the general synopsis is it's about a heavy metal drummer whose life is turned upside down when he begins to lose his hearing and he must confront a future filled with silence. It stars Riz Ahmed in one of those He's roles. amazing. It's a tour de force performance, isn't it? It's one of those... It's kind of got that De Niro and Taxi Driver yeah. and various other similar kind of things. It, but you it, just... It's completely immersive. You really, he's living and yeah. breathing the part, isn't he? It's brilliant. It's, uh, directed by Darius Marder, who I didn't really know um, no, anything no, about no, before. Um, it co-stars Olivia Cook and Paul Ratchie, I think it's pronounced. Um, Academy Award for Best Film Editing and Independent Spirit Awards for Best Male Lead. This is because it, I think, was released in the States earlier and won. Yeah, well, I think it was, based yeah. on Well, this time last year, wasn't it? Most yeah, the, yeah. Awards, uh, thereabouts. Um, it's also um, nominated for Best Picture and for Best Actor in a Leading Role. And he really is absolutely sensational. It is. It's, it's, it's a visceral performance. You go on a real journey with him, don't you? So you, yeah. you find out he's got this problem and then he goes and sees the doctor. He goes to the camp where deaf people are, where they, they try and get him to sort of live yeah. with it and he's not sure if he can and oh, it just it's, yeah it's heartbreaking it, it deals with the terror the anger the denial the frustration the realization yeah. the frustration the gradual 
you know, the narrative story of it just changes. You now he, he starts to get accustomed to it and then immerses himself a bit more in his new yeah. world. Um, what is key here? I mean, the, the title is Sound of Metal. Um, it's this kind of hardcore music, isn't it? He's playing really frantic. It's very, it's stuff. not, me- it's not heavy metal. It's not metal. Yeah, it's so not metal. It's more kind of like indie type music, but yeah. it's, he play, basically plays in a, Loud version of the White Stripes, doesn't he? Where yeah, he, he yeah. plays drums and I think metal. And, and his girlfriend sort of does vocals and guitar. That's but right. It's all yeah. it's very loud, in your face, feedback driven. It remi- it's kind of a bit grungy, kind of in yeah. terms. Of it, metal, I think, refers. I mean, it could refer to what you just said there, like that that frantic kind of loud, yeah. um, you know, sort of sound, which you could argue is like metal. But yeah. also, it's more like that. I think a metallic. There's a the metallic theme to. The other element which I was going to talk about, which is the first half of that title, sound. Sound yeah. in this film is absolutely crucial and absolutely is, sensationally yeah. good. They, it's they used play around really well, isn't it? Sound yeah. levels, yeah, it gives you... When you hear gen- what he's hearing and yeah. stuff like that, yeah. yeah. It plays around with it in such a brilliant way. It's there's very cleverly silence, done. There's moments of white noise, there's moments of this sort of metallic, shrill sound and it really immerses you in the role and coupled with Ahmed's performance. I, he's yeah. a brilliant actor on his day anyway. Um, oh, he's amazing. Yeah. I think this is a, a spot-on film that just it had a lot of things in common with Surge for me. Uh, yeah. that, that, I mentioned the word visceral. That element I felt was coupled between the two films and Surge isn't, just isn't quite as good yeah. Sound of Metal. But, it, but they've, they've got a lot in common in that they're very very much about the one particular actor. And you have a really strong performance. Yeah. Strong performance. You get a strong He's association. Draws you straight in. Yeah. yeah. In both cases, particularly with Surge, if you ever get a chance to see it, Phil. Um, but, but also to a certain extent with this, not necessarily likable 100%, which oh, I no, like. No. You know, I like the fact that he's kind of angry and he's, he's a bit, you know, he, he doesn't handle. Yeah, he's got he's got sort well. of a, a substance abuse past, and you're not quite yeah. sure if that's going to rear up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a really no interesting angel. film. Yeah, it's, it's not like anything else I could think I've seen. No, I've, I've no. seen films about um, deafness or blindness, which have handled the disability side of it um, really interestingly and really. That Coda film last year was really interesting. Coda, yeah, yeah. Notes on blindness, a documentary about obviously about blindness, not not yeah. about deafness, but. Those sort of films are really interesting and they've got a lot to say. But I think this film, Sound of Metal, in its own right, is pretty distinctive. I can't think of anything, yeah. any, anything like it, that. It was in my top so 10. High. It didn't make mm. the top five. It was in the top 10 because my top five is just basically stupid action films that I loved. And then the top five, <laughs> then six <laughs> to 10 are the more pensive, thoughtful, well, <laughs> well acted and everything well you know what I mean yes but no yeah. a, a fantastic film I really recommend it yeah um, I think that's yeah that's pretty much it from my side of it um, it was um, yeah it's, just having a look at it actually the original date for this is 2019 just in relation to what we said about mm. earlier that's how it ended up managing to get an Oscar yeah. in last year's awards yeah. uh, which is obviously largely related to films released in 2020 Um but it was released in 2021 here. So on that yeah. basis, it comes under this year's um, films. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, great film. Um, music by Abraham Marder, apparently, it says. Uh, I okay. think Nicholas Becker. I'm not sure there's two names on there, according to this. But anyway, yeah, a credit to whoever that is anyway, um, because I think sounds, not just the, the, the playing around with what he can hear and what he can't hear, but just sound in general yeah. is really important to this film. The performances are brilliant. The direction's great. It's a tight film. 
I, I, it went by in a flash. Um, yeah. And I would certainly be happy to watch that again, which is the mark yeah, of definitely. any good film, I think. Fantastic. Yeah. Right. Let's, so, so you've got one out of two. Let's see if I can go on to two out of two. Let's of course see. you will. So number four <laughs> for me is The Last Duel. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Just about got this in. I wasn't quite sure if you'd have this in, but I thought you probably would. The Ridley Scott um, historical epic is always going to be in my top five. <laughs> Do you know what? And I have to confess at this stage, I haven't seen the film. I knew okay. you'd like it, but I haven't seen yeah. it. <laughs> okay, no problem. Um, so, yeah, obviously I said, so Ridley Scott, also known for the likes of Gladiator, Kingdom of Heaven, The Duelists. Exodus, currently making a film about Napoleon, even though he's well into his 80s. You haven't mentioned Blade uh, Runner. Yeah, I was going for his historical films. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Rather than, yeah. Um, it's based on the true story of France's last trial by combat in the Middle Ages, uh, where a knight, Jean de Carroge, uh, played by Matt Damon, challenges his former best friend, Jacques Legree, played by Adam the Driver, to a duel after Jean's wife, Marguerite, played by Joni Comer, accuses Legree of rape. Now, it's a um, Rashomon-style film. Those are the three main characters, and we get to see the events unfold from each on each of their behalf. Um, and I, I mean, I like a Rashomon film. I like a Ridley Scott film. I like an epic. It's, it's re- I mean, this is proper historical drama in that it's it's muddy it's grim it's nasty all the characters are mostly unlikable they make no effort to kind of <laughs> you know make them um sympathetic to kind of 21st century viewers it's middle-aged people acting in middle-aged ways pursuing their own motivations uh, and you just have to go with it um screenplay was actually by ben affleck and matt damon uh, ben affleck plays the sort of the local count pierre d'alencon um with uh with somebody else um who who helped i mean it's based on a book by eric jaeger and then uh nicole holofcena i think that's how you pronounce it who helped do it but matt, ben affleck and matt damon did a lot of the, the script it's totally bombed at the box office it mm. cost um, hundred no, it, it grossed thirty million dollars against a budget budget of a hundred million dollars. Um, it's not really that surprising based on the subject matter. The fact that it was only on at a few screens, it's two and a half hours long, and it was out at the same time as No Time to Die. It didn't really yeah. stand for chance. <laughs> I mean, Ridley yeah. Scott came out and sort of blamed millennial. He went on a millennial rant about how if you know they understand what's going on in their phones and this is proper cinema. And I, I, I um, don't want to get drawn into that argument, but this is very, very immersive cinema it's very interesting i love the rashomon use in that you see the same events from the different characters own yeah. mm. perceptions which is really 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 well done um ben affleck i think he's really good in it as well he's actually got a golden raspberry nomination for his role which is rubbish but uh, that's really really harsh he has a really nasty character i think he does uh, really really well with it it's brilliantly acted it's thought-provoking it's always interesting um it's it's a great 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 film i mean until the end there's not much action in it it's lots of sitting around talking in drafty castle muddy castles and stuff like that until obviously the duel at the end which is proper brutal when I mean, you thought nobody was brutal this is up, <laughs> right up with that it was all filmed on location in france and ireland it certainly looks the part every inch right. 
Well, although I haven't seen it, I've got a few bits to say there. First of all, I've got to okay. ask you, did you say Adam the Driver earlier on? I did. <laughs> I said Jack Legree, played by Adam the Driver. <laughs> yes, I thought so. Yeah, brilliant. Um, a few notes from me. First of all, Matt Damon's mullet. Surely that's got to mark it down a point. <laughs> I've seen the trailers and a couple of he's clips. He's good in it. Yeah, he's really yeah. good in it. It's yeah. not the only Ridley Scott Adam Driver historical epic we got last year we got the um, house of gucci which i really enjoyed as well yeah I'm, i've got it a couple of bits good. to say about that later on yeah. yeah yeah probably in dispatches i think that one but, yeah, um, yeah definitely yeah but i mean interesting film i mean i haven't got to see it i mean I, essentially it was i mean a... i've got disney plus because i have children mm. um and literally this i was really looking forward to seeing this film i didn't get the opportunity to see it at the cinema um and i thought I'll, I'll wait and catch that as soon as it's available on streaming. And literally the week after it came off the cinema, it was on Disney Plus, just sat there. Mm. No fanfare. It's available, which... It's really um, is one of those. It's gone under the radar. It's completely it? gone under the radar. Yeah. It's, not, um, it's, it's not a Disney film by any stretch of the imagination. No, it's not an odd one. It was a victim of the thing we were talking about earlier, this yeah. intensity of films released all at once. And like I said, I, I had the opportunity to watch films... Well, technically free once I've paid the membership thing with that cinema uh, and yet I just physically couldn't find the time to go and see it yeah even though we were watching about two films a week at the time <laughs> yeah um didn't get a chance to see it because there was so much out not not by design and I didn't have access to it on streaming services no. I don't don't have Disney or do anything naughty so um couldn't see it any other way um I am interested to watch it I do think Ridley Scott has faded in I, I think his star has faded in the more recent yeah, years, personally. I don't know. I mean, I thought the Martian, we... Martian was fantastic. Oh, the Martian was good. Actually, that was only fair, a few yeah, years that's ago. A, that's I a think good he, can, he can still yeah. pull it out of the bag when he He's needs to. He's gone a to. bit more Tony Scott, hasn't he? Yeah. In the more recent era. Um, I'm yeah. not sure if I like that necessarily. I thought he made more interesting things before the Julius. Can't wait yeah, to see what he does runner. with Napoleon. I think that would be great. Called Kit well, Bag, could, I think. Yeah. I think that could be good, that. Yeah, I think that could yeah. be good. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of Alien. I, I love Aliens yeah. as well, but I, I do think Alien edges it for me, personally, of the two. Um, so there goes the spoiler. Oh, the other way around. No, no surprise there. <laughs> but I love them both, yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, all I can say is I, I look forward to eventually getting to watch it. it and yeah. I do like the fact, it's a very classical story, isn't it? The whole notion of... Uh, it is, they don't make films who, like this very often, you know? No, it it's, is old-fashioned in a sense. The story as well, it's almost classical literature. It feels like it could, you know, as you said, French French literature. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it follows years the exact ago, events it's, that actually happened, yeah. I mean, the story just brings to that, doesn't it? Yeah. Wronged people and injustice and, yeah. you know, somebody who's been either cockolded or or basically sexually abused, whichever way, yeah. and the story would have you... I believe it. And yeah, um, I, I, yeah. all I can say is I look forward to watching it. I did have it on the list. I'm quite pleased with that because I wasn't quite sure if that would make the five. Yeah. I haven't seen it, so I wasn't quite sure how much you'd like it, but clearly you did. Yeah. And there we go. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go with the threes as well, because okay. mine's going to be quite quick to describe because we've already been talking about it. Um, okay. It's nobody. I've got that at number three. <laughs> Oh, you're, <laughs> you're joking. Like, I never had you down as having nobody. I knew Fantastic. You I knew you wouldn't, but yeah, I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. 
great film. We've we've talked about it already. Not much more to say, but the fact you didn't think I'd like it is um. Well, no, I, I knew I, you'd I, like it. I didn't expect it. I mean, it's not black and white and Polish, <laughs> and so I wasn't expecting it to be in your top five. There's a, there's a Hungarian film called Natural Light that came out last year, which is maybe that's the film you predicted in it, nobody's place. No, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go through. Your, I'll go through at the end the ones that I thought you'd have. All right. But, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've I'm very we've pleasantly about it surprised. Yeah, yeah, proper entertainment. Oh, absolutely great stuff. Yeah. So let's go straight back to you then. I'll bounce it back to you for your number three. So my number three, oh, this is a fantastic film that also went under the radar that not enough people watched. The number three I have gone for, Riders of Justice. Yes, yes, I knew you were going to go for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shock at all whatsoever. Yeah. So, yeah, another film <laughs> that a lot of not a lot of people have seen. You should. This film is fantastic. Can um, I just say, Phil, I'm three one up now. You are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go you, on. Yeah. And you were going to get the next two. So yeah. Um, so veteran soldier. I mean, it's a Danish language film. Um, oh. It's a Danish film the old Danish cast veteran soldier Marcus who's uh, away in uh, Afghanistan he has to go home to look after his teenage daughter Mathilde when his wife um, dies in a train accident or so it seems until a maths geek turns up on his doorstep <laughs> who is also on the train who's done a load of equations and put some algorithms and he doesn't believe it was an accident and he's and he seems to think that there was some nefarious acts at play to sort of take out somebody else that was on <laughs> the train and they were she was collateral damage. He then brings his friends. I mean, Mads Mikkelsen then goes on a rampage of revenge. It's not quite like nobody, but a lot, a lot of it is. Um, so where, <laughs> where, where the masky brings his colleague, two of his colleagues along, um, and they kind of go after the truth. Um, I've got it. So it's written and directed by Anders Thomas Jensen. Uh, I'd never heard of before. Um, no, he, same <laughs> he's, he, well, he's Oscar winning and Oscar nominated a few times over for short films uh, at the beginning of his career. And he's only recently kind of moved into feature length films. I'm going to have to have a look at some of his CV after having seen this. Um, hmm. He he did have an involvement in the Stephen King debacle, the the Dark Tower, but um, I won't hold that against him. Um, <laughs> this, I mean, it beat another round for the best-selling opening weekend in Denmark. That's another great Mads Mikkelsen Danish film. That was actually 2020 in the UK, or was that might have been on the list for this year? Which one um, was that? Another round. Oh, another round. Oh, was that 2020? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I checked earlier. Okay, um, so I thought that was this year, but anyway. I've yeah. got it in my top five, but, so it's all right. <laughs> but for all intents and purposes, if you could imagine a Coen Brothers film set in Denmark with a Danish yes. cast with Mads Mikkelsen, <laughs> that's exactly what you're getting. It's simultaneously hilarious and violent. Um, <laughs> it's probably the second funniest film I've seen this year. The funniest film isn't in my top five. We'll get, get, up, get to that at the end. But, I mean, it's got, it's just... You know, you have these really strangely endearing, flawed characters that you can't help but root for. Um, they bicker backwards and forwards. That the, the screenplay is absolutely fantastic. Strange things happen, and you're 
the some bits are just you think it's just hilarious, really. I mean, Mads Mikkelsen is pretty much monosyllabic all the way through. He's happy to let all the other characters take all the glory and shine and do all their other bit, while he just broods and looks violent and menacing. He's brilliant at it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's great. I mean, he's, he's well, he's struggling to connect with his daughter at the same time. That's right. He yeah. really had a relationship with. Yeah, yeah, I, I really like this film. Um, it wasn't in that that top actually nine. I think it is nine. Oh no, ten. 10 films. Yeah, I've got, it was 10 on my shortlist. It was just outside the 10. I really like it. I think it's a great film. I think Matt Mickelson's sort of elevating himself into a kind of like a different sort of film star kind of yeah. status now, isn't he? A bit of a different role. He's playing lead. Well, he mixes which, it uh, up. He does mm. Danish films. He does lead films. He does, I mean, he's, he's doing the new yeah. Fantastic Beasts film, but he's still making films like this at the same time. He's a fantastic actor. If you've ever seen the Hannibal yeah. TV series, he's just yeah. great in that. I, I first discovered him with the Bond stuff and never heard of him yeah. before. I've since seen him in A Royal Affair and um, The Hunt, which are both yeah. very good films. The Hunt in particular, yeah. absolutely brilliant, which is not, oh, and there's a few films called The Hunt. It's the Danish yeah. film about a school teacher. I'll say no more other than watching mm. it. It's brilliant. Um, Hannibal, yeah, which I have seen quite fairly recently, only a year yeah. ago during the lockdown. Um, which yeah, is me brilliant. too. Yeah, and he's in a film called Men and Chicken as well, which is okay. I've heard of that That's one. very similar to this, actually, in terms of the vibe, the yeah. general feeling of it, and the oh, um, I have to look for that. The quirky kind of off the wall kind of uh, thing. It's great. And another another year. No, was it another year? What's it called? The um, Another round. Another round, yeah. So that, um, yeah, that's, called that's, Gerug or something, I think, in Danish, yeah. isn't it? It's um, a film was, where a load of, load of middle-aged friends decide they're going to spend, spend all their time drunk to see if it affects their quality of life. Yeah, they it's do a, a, a science experiment. experiment yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally well, just staying well above the... Watch, yeah. they, they just stay on the tipsy line, don't they? Uh, indefinitely. Yeah. And then they, they up the ante from there. Good yeah. fun. That's a good film as well. He's, he's always engaging. He's always watchable. He's yeah. very distinctive looking, isn't he? As my wife said, he's incredibly ugly in a, in a sense, but probably quite uh, attractive, bizarrely, yeah. despite his ugly. It's one of those sort of looks, isn't he? Yeah. That's and but if he's you always want, good. If you want basically a Cohen style crime film that's completely unpredictable, you don't know what's <laughs> going to happen, but will have you laughing and dismayed in equal measure, you could do a lot, lot worse than yeah. Riders of Justice. Yeah. Speaking of the Cohen brothers, there was um, The Simpsons recent, the new series of The Simpsons. Um, they've got a spoof of Fargo TV series version um, with oh, okay. the two parter on Simplex. Just <laughs> quite funny. It's actually <laughs> yeah. very good. Yeah. Um, the look at that. Anything as a tribute or or even just um, resemblance of Cohen Brothers is is a thumbs up, yes. isn't it? We've got to do the Cohen Brothers soon, actually. Yeah, that's definitely. Got to be high on the list. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's a great choice. It wasn't in my yeah. top five, but um, a great film. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. So Phil, we're gonna take we a, a quick break? break. Yeah, I need quick, to get another break. beer. Well, you know, yeah, that, that just says it all, really. <laughs> <laughs> on that basis, we we should definitely pause. Um, in part two, we'll do our our top twos uh, and then eventually like we'll have you a third don't part. know what mine are <laughs> <laughs> yes well i think i can guess um and yeah and, and in part three we'll then go on to uh, discuss well all the other films really that have come out this year because i think there's many worthy of notes yeah, and, yeah. and tributes um which won't get in our fives so we'll come to that later on but in part two we've got our top two so back in just a mo.
suitably refreshed. We are now back, aren't we, Phil? Yes. Uh, are we ready to count down our two? We are. I'm now on. I'm on now on the Theakstons old peculiar. I haven't oh, very this. nice. In a, a trusty in a long time, actually. You don't sit, I've seen it in a pub for years, and then you see it on a shelf and think, yeah. Oh, yes. Got to be done. I've, I've seen it in a pub recently. I can't remember where, but um, yeah, it's a trusty old classic, isn't it? it even the label says the legend. Who am I to argue? <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Right. Okay. Well, we're on to our twos, and this is where yeah. I, I'm almost certain that you've got this one. Correct. Um, I am three one up in the predictions. Uh, probably an honest. You're going to be league. five for five. Yeah. You're probably going to be three from five. I think. Um, yeah. Okay. We'll see. Right. Okay. Right. My number two is drum roll. Here we go. It's foreign language time again. It's petite maman. I think I'm pronounced that. I correctly. had that as uh, number five actually for mm. you on my list. Yeah. I mean, this high praise indeed, I know. I haven't um, seen it. I watched her film uh, last year that was in your top five and I did not enjoy it. Um, and I thought this one, I thought I, I'm i interested to watch because it's only about an hour long. So if I, I hate yeah, it, but, it won't take up too much of my time. And there's a time travel element that, yeah. that, sort of, that, that appeals to me. But it hasn't really, I don't want to actually have to spend money to watch it. So it hasn't <laughs> appeared anywhere for me to free to see yet, so I haven't right. seen it. Gotcha. Apologies. That film that you were talking about last year was um, Portrait of a Woman on Fire. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Same director, uh, female director from France. Um, a bit of a different film. This that, that one was a period piece. This one is more yeah. in the modern era. As you said, there's a time travel element, which is intriguing. Um, yeah. I don't want to spoil the story too much, other than to say the the story contains... Um, it's about a little girl who's got what seems like not estranged parents, but they're obviously like having problems, maybe split up. And she's with her mum. She's in an area where she just goes off and discovers a couple of things in the woods, bumps into another little girl who she befriends. They seem to be a little bit lonerish type of characters. And that's where the story goes from there. Um, essentially, um, the synopsis reads, Nellie has just lost her grandmother and is helping her parents clean out her mother's childhood home. She explores the house and the surrounding woods. One day she meets a girl her same age building a treehouse. That um, is very brief in terms of describing what happens in this film. Um, it's multi-layered. There's multi-meanings in there. Um, the cast, I don't know any of them. I've never seen any of them before. Um, but they are all exceptionally good in their roles. Yeah, you would expect that from, from one of these sort of French films, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is one of those kind of things. It's um, uh, really just, uh, it's sort of like a, a bit of a mystery element. There's a bit of a, yeah. a kind of like a, a harking to childhood difficulties that people might have had, particularly if they've got fragmented parental relationships to deal with. Um, it's got... Um, some interesting elements. The cast, in turn, by the way, is uh, Josephine Sands and, as the girl, Nelly, and Gabrielle Sands as Marion, and Nina, I think it's Murus, it's pronounced as uh, Le Maire, the mother. Um, oh, yeah. The director, by the way, if you don't know, is Celine Schiama, I think it's pronounced, and she also wrote the uh, story. Yeah. Um, it's a small film. As you said, it's a very short running time. I think it's about 70 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Um, which is very unusual. And yeah. Quite honestly, I don't mind that as long as it's. If that's how long it takes to tell the story, there's no point yeah. padding it out, is it? I, I love the fact that she's not 
you know, I think Portrait of a Woman was quite a long film. I can't remember the running time. It felt uh, so much longer than its <laughs> three hours or whatever it was. Yeah. Well, you've got your own opinion on that one. But, um, <laughs> I mean, that, that, yeah, I think it was, an, it was about two hours, I think, that film, roughly. This one is remarkably shorter by comparison, but it suits the story. It suits the, 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 it suits the theme. There isn't a great deal to tell you in this story. It does just need... Um, a certain amount of time, and I think that time was the, the right amount. I think it didn't feel so short that you felt ripped off. It wasn't really a feature film. It was long enough in that regard. Um, but it's just a nice little story. I think the way the story unfolds, and we'll probably talk about the way stories unfold a bit more on this um, one way or the other on this yeah. episode in certain other films. Um, I like films that gradually, there's, there's a slow burn element, there's a gradual realization of certain elements. Um, to this film as well um, the interaction you, it's kind of it's curious it's a bit mysterious it's quite light lightweight in terms of it's not very punchy or hardcore or any really hard yeah. dramatic subject matter um, and yet there's an element of that to it just lingering in the background um, the mother figure is very important in the film I, I don't want to say too much more no, I need in terms to of the narrative it, yeah. I, say, I, I would be interested to know what you think of this because it is very different to our other yeah. film if it had been on Netflix it, or Prime yeah. I, w- I would have watched it by now yeah yeah, and I'd be interested what your uh, your French other half would like uh, or, or not about this film because did she do you say she didn't like um, she detested portrait, um, either? portrait yeah. Oh, yeah she thought it was boring yeah I mean, th- this one is probably too short to be too boring, mm. <laughs> I think. But um, I mean, it is a very different type of film. You can yeah. see the imprint of the same director in some senses, but it is very much a different story. Yeah, yeah. She's got this complete departure from the other film. Um, oh, it'd be interesting to see what she does next. Yeah, and she's done really well with the girls, the two little girls that are in it, yeah. who are, I don't know how old they are, so 10 or something like that. Um, and she's got really good performances out of them, which is great. Really oh, fantastic stuff, yeah. And it's it's modest. It's a modest budget, you know. There's not yeah. much going on. There's no action. I was sure such. you were going to pick it. I didn't think you'd pick it at number two. I had it down Ooh. that that down as being your number five. I really loved it, and I do think actually I should mention at this point my number two and my number one. I think I haven't checked with her, would probably be shared by the other half as well because I know she absolutely loved both this and my number one. I think I might have guessed your number one. We shall see. Mm, let's see in a moment. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Over to you then, Mr. Newman. So, do you want to guess what my number two is? Um. Right. Okay. So, number two. I'm going to say. I'm going to say no time to die at number two. No. No. <laughs> mm. Okay. What is it then? June, obviously. Oh, uh, you have gone for June, and yeah, because I wasn't quite sure. I was starting to worry there for a minute. Yeah, June. <laughs> June, June is another film didn't make my shortlist but it's i really enjoyed it um but tell us more phil it's your it's your choice so, tell us, yes tell us more. basically it's the sci-fi version of lord of the rings isn't it um <laughs> it's an adaptation of frank herbert's novel about um house atreides namely paul atreides played by timothy chalamet um son of a noble family and entrusted with the protection of the most valuable asset and element in the galaxy spice 
so basically his he yeah his family takes over a planet they're expected to produce a certain the spice that's come out of there in quantities which, that are required which is like a mineral resource or something isn't it it's a drug that yeah. yeah that can then be used to because the only way to fly space computers are, are not allowed because they might they might their artificial intelligence might then rebel and, and t- take over the world so they have people that take this drug so that they can actually produce the um, calculations possible in order to be able to fly spaceships so it's only comes from one place it's guarded by sandworms um it's story of course of, it is of June. <laughs> yeah, massive yeah these sandworms are amazing of, aren't they oh, yeah um directed by denny villeneuve um, who also adapted the screenplay from the book i mean He's just on the up and up as far as I'm concerned. I, I mean, I kind of, I mean, last generation's sci-fi, greatest sci-fi director was Ridley Scott. I was thinking this generation's sci-fi director would be Christopher Nolan, but I think Denny Villeneuve is kind of pipping him with the likes of Arrival and Blade Runner 2049 that he's done recently. It's, it's an absolutely fantastic, near flawless piece of work. Um, it covers the first, I read the book again before the film came out because I'm a nerd. <laughs> um, and I was curious to see it. It covers the first half of the book, which means it's got a lot of world building to do. And I like the fact that he's, he, they've, they've gone about it very cleverly. They don't have a Mr. Exposition to explain everything, you know what's going on or in the star wars films you have like you know r2d2 that tells you what's happening if you don't understand or or whatever else in this you know it treats it's an adult film it treats its its audience as adults you have to work it work, work out what's happening um it also stars rebecca ferguson as paul's mum uh, yeah. oscar isaac as his dad his dad's best mates who are kind of training him in fighting etc josh brolin and jason momoa zendaya is his uh, native love interest and as for the baddies house harkonnen they're stellan Starsgard and dave bautista they all look great they all act great this is a proper film to see at a cinema you don't watch this on your phone. You don't watch this on your laptop. No. You go to, I went to watch this at um, a cinema in Whitechapel with my kids. And, and I mean, my eldest was, was tw- uh, my eldest didn't really get into it too much, but my youngest, she's 12. She was transfixed throughout. She, I mean, it's the spectacle of this. It's futuristic spaceships and it's deserts. And it's uh, desert cities. Um, oh, it, it, I mean, it is, it is a long film, but you don't. I mean, you don't really feel it. A lot of people have kind of slagged it off for being a bit slow and a bit bit dull. I don't feel that at all. It, it takes you into a world and it immerses you in that world, and you kind of you got to go with it, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I didn't find it was slow or sluggish. Um, a few things to say on this one. I've absolutely loved it. I thought it's great. You're right. It's an adult film. It's not one that's expositional. I really get irritated with overly expositional films. Yeah. That's it's just it's a real bugbear of mine. And this one doesn't. If it? you and ever have a voiceover or one particular character that's a robot yeah. that, or a, or an animal or something yeah. that will tell you what's going on all the time, it's like no. Yeah. You know, this I'll one, wanna, it just, yeah. It lets you gradually the story gradually seep into your veins. You start yeah. to gradually understand 
bits and pieces more and more. And I mean, what that does, it lends itself to multiple viewings as well. Yeah. There's always a time you can look back and then see, oh yeah, so I understood this and now I understand this bit early scene was for that reason or whatever. I love those sort of films because you can watch them over and over again. I didn't ever, I, I think I did watch the original a long, long time ago. So it, it was made by David is, Lynch. About yeah. In the, I'm a in big the early Lynch 80s. fan, but I can't. I uh, David Lynch it. then disowned it um, afterwards. Yeah. It was made to sort of sci-fi channel TV miniseries a couple, about a couple of decades ago that was supposed to be all right, but it's basically the American mm-hmm. version of Doctor Who in the 80s, you know, very wobbly sets and all that. Mm-hmm. You need to, a story like this needs telling properly. I mean, Villeneuve, yeah. it was always his dream to do this particular book, but he didn't want to do it until he made a few films and felt he was ready to do it. He finally said, right, I'm ready. Let's, yeah. let's do it. Um, they, he only got the money to make the first half of it, and then the second half of it was kind of based on how well it performed, because films like this are not cheap to make. No. We now know that we're getting June Part 2, which will be the second half book, June. Yeah, I'm and it hoping, very much needs a second part, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm hoping yeah. that we get a Part 3, so there's also there's a seek the sequel booked I mean, there's, a, there's a never-ending list of sequels but there's a, a sequel to june called june messiah which is the book that comes straight after it is a lot shorter and mm. those two books together would make an excellent trilogy i think so hopefully we'll get that we know we're getting a tv series uh the sisterhood um that's going to be coming along at some point in the next couple of years based on the bene Gesserits, which are paul's mum's kind of um religious cult That'll be interesting to see what they do with that. That'll be a very much a prequel and setting the setting the scene. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated to see more, what more they can do with it. They've done the world building, they've created the world. I just want to see more of it now. Yeah, and it's on that basis. I think it's why you said about the Lord of the Rings, the sci-fi equivalent. It really is, isn't it? It's, it's an epic scope. Um, you know, there's a lot of fanboys that I say if you get this wrong, they will never let you know the <laughs> end of it and i think i mean he's done a very very good job job denny villeneuve in that um he's a adap- i mean it's not a straight adaptation yes he's the main parts of the story are there but he focuses particularly on the relation in this film relationship between paul and his mother jessica he all the kind of the kind of emperor and the politics and intergalactic politics he doesn't really worry about so much um he's there's a lot of internal monologues um in the books that he's kind of got rid of obviously Mm. good um and, and the beginning of each sort of chapter in the book you have these epigraphs which are these quotes about his life and things like that so that's all that's all been dumped he's changed some of the female the male characters to female so that it's not just all men everywhere Mm. and i think he's done a really 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 good job of it yeah uh yeah i I totally agree you mentioned there the blade runner 2049 there are a lot of similar elements in that aren't there Mm. in terms of the this this kind of um, overwrought soundtrack. And it's a tricky thing to pick up. Epic. To, yeah, to, to pick up. I mean, to, to kind of basically make a film of arguably the most beloved science fiction sequel to arguably the most beloved science fiction film ever made, and then do a film adaption of, of arguably the most beloved novel ever made. That takes quite a lot of uh, confidence to be able to do it and to pull them both off. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I agree with you about Villeneuve. I think he's 
he, he's a real talent. I love his yeah. stuff. Arrival's great. I really, I, I like Bob the Arrival's. Probably, I think Arrival's probably my favourite of all of his films, yeah, including I mean, that, this. That, that is great. Um, June itself, it's, it, I, I felt there was the only thing, I felt there was just something about the, the tone and the feel of this, probably the story rather than the direction that makes me think, I can't quite warm to it, but I, I, I can't. There's no sense of humour. No, it, uh, that's no, it. it's very serious. It's very yeah, sombre. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's quite, it's almost like a film noir in one sense, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's light and shade. Nobody's smiling. Nobody's happy. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's miserable. It's a bleak yeah. dystopia of sorts, isn't it? Really, even though there's a, a promise of a future and it's, it's all interplanetary yeah. and all that stuff. Um, you know, little, little whiffs of Star Wars here and there and stuff like that. Particularly, as you said, the sandworms and just those kind of yeah, desert style they're, they're planet, planet scapes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the desert scapes and all that sort of thing. The, those, the, those sort of... the score is excellent. So, um, mm. Hans Zimmer, um, he had the choice between this and Tenet, the Christopher Nolan film. He mm. chose this and he wanted to do something slightly different to normal. So he tr- tried to use instruments atypical of Western orchestras. Yeah. So the House of Trades main theme, bagpipes. <laughs> it's not what you'd immediately go for, <laughs> but it, it works. Yeah, that was a bit weird, but it did work, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. 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 I like that. I like it pushing things outside the box. Both yeah. of those soundtracks are very overwrought, but I think yeah. Tenet's is fine, except as far as it's a bit overbearing yeah. in terms of trying to stick with the film. With June, it's just completely immersive. It just fits the story. Um, it's great. There's these big kind of monolithic kind of structures, and you know, it's, it's yeah. just got it's got a real epic scope to it. You're 100 percent right. You absolutely have to see this in the cinema. Well, so, so if you haven't done it and you're listening to this, you're screwed, really, aren't it, you? It, it, Until it there's was, a re-release. <laughs> no, no, definitely. It was delayed due to COVID, mm. and then they released controversially released it on streaming the same time it came into cinemas. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous decision. Old Denny was not happy. He let them know exactly. And June 2, he basically said, that's going to cinemas straight away. <laughs> that's not yeah. going anywhere near the small screen for a substantial amount of time after it. I'm not making yeah. this film for that. I'm making it for the cinema. Because it is, it is very much the 2001 of our generation from that respect. Yeah, very much so. And Denny is, is definitely the future um, in terms of... Um, I, I just think I, I'm just excited every time I hear he's on a project. I want to know yeah. what it's going to be about. I'm, I'm excited for it to come out. It's an yeah. event, effectively. It's getting that way, isn't it? Which is yeah, no, how you no, want definitely. It to be. He's uh, he's one of the most excited. I'd say he's in the sort of top ten, maybe top five list of exciting directors at the moment. Yeah, you know, who are you most interested to see what they come up with next? Yeah, and I think it definitely. Obviously, it, it, the, the way the story ends, clearly you can see there's going to be a sequel. I would have been very irritated if there wasn't ever one yes. transpiring because it, it's, it, it yeah. leaves you wanting to know what's happening. So next. October 2023, we'll get the, uh, we'll get the mm. sequel. Yeah. They Looking filming. forward they're to filming it, it. They're making it already. I think they were good to go. They waited a long time before giving it the green light. It was, uh, the film had been out for a few weeks before, uh, months even before they went. Yeah. Yeah. Go on then. Off you go. <laughs> there we go so there we have it and that's your number two my number two so we're into the number ones and again of course it's back to me now so uh, so I'm going, to, I'm going to try and guess your, your number yeah. one is your number one a foreign language film 
No. Oh. Oh, he's got it wrong. <laughs> oh, only on two out of five, Phil. I'm very disappointed. I did. Um, it's two out of five. Well, out of I interest, did what, what did you think it was? I honestly thought you were going to go for Drive My Car. I haven't seen it. Okay. It was one of those that was a victim of um, intense um, cinema programming. <laughs> yes. Um, and also the fact it's three hours long, which made it, it more It is three hours long. Yeah. Um, I've heard it's good. I'm not sure it would have been. Who knows whether it would have been my, my top choice. It's interesting. It's clever. Mm. It's yeah. very long. Um, <laughs> it's very well done. My other half didn't really like it very much. She thought it was a bit dull. I thought it was interesting. It was well done. Um, and I thought it's the sort of thing that you would absolutely love. But uh, Maybe I will. We'll wait and see on that one. Okay, well, I can now reveal what my number one is. It's interesting you haven't got this at all um, in your five. Um, or I don't think you have. Oh, no, maybe you have got it in your five because you've got a couple of other ones wrong. I've gone for The Power of the Dog. James I had Hogan. that as, your no- yeah. as number one for you. Ah, Oh, so I've got that in the right. Yeah. So okay. I had for you number five, Petit Mama, number four, yeah. No Time to Die, number three, June, number two, Drive My Car, and number one, Power of the Dog. So oh. I got three out of five, same as last year. There we go. So this and is I my, haven't I seen Power of the Dog yet. You haven't seen it. You really need to. Oh, now, Jane Campion. I mean, people will say what they want about Jane. I Campion. read this sort of synopsis and. Since it came out, I haven't been in the mood for that sort of film when I've had the opportunity to sit down and watch it. Okay, That's well... That's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, um, you said that about The Father as well, which I think is another film you said you haven't... Yeah, I just thought yet. I'm not... Yeah, I, if you're I, not in the I, mood, you're not in the mood. To, That's a sort of Sunday night film, and mm. yeah. Yeah, well, The Power of the Dog, I mean, at first... I've heard good things. It's going to sweep the board at the Oscars, so that I, I would imagine. I think... This is really, really good film. It's so good. Oh, well, no, I'm doing she, this weekend then. Yeah, I mean, she's she's um, made the piano. Some people like that, some people don't. Um, I, I liked elements of it. I thought the Michael Nyman score was very distinctive, but in the end, it's kind of a bit repetitive. Um, but there were some interesting elements. It was quite distinctive. Film she's made since, there's been some interesting stuff there. This, for me, is her best film, first of all. Um, secondly, I, I, I absolutely loved the sense of place, the way she places this story. It's set in uh, Australia. I think it's in 1930. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't realise pl- that. It's a western. I thought it, I thought it was a, when I heard a western. I just presumed it was America. Okay. Yeah, and of course, it's very underrepresented, isn't it? Um, Australia, but essentially you've got more or less the same thing going on. But the flip flip to this is it's not just that era. It's actually 19, I think it's 1936. So you've got the era of cars. Cars do turn up in the story yeah. briefly. It's not of any particular consequence, but just to, it gives you a sense I should have realised being Jane Campion is going to be Australian, isn't it? I of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the general synopsis is that the charismatic rancher Phil Burbank inspires fear and awe in those around him. This is uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch, Who's basically the hottest actor on the planet right now, let's be honest. Yeah, Yeah, he's he's good, isn't he? He was was in a couple of other films this year that we'll probably talk about in passing as well. Yes, I'm sure we will. Well, the synopsis continues. When his brother, which is um, Jesse Plemons, uh, who's 
a great actor. We mentioned he, yeah, he's TV also turned, he turns up yeah. in everything, doesn't he? he? He's an everywhere man, isn't he? He's, he's going to really be um, this year, aren't we? We're going to get the new Martin Scorsese, the Killers of the Flower Moon. He's going to be on that, isn't, isn't he? So yeah, yeah, looking forward I'm sure to that. I'm sure it'll be great. But um, yeah, I mean, this one, so yeah, so Phil Burbank inspires fear and awe in those around him when his brother, played by Jesse Plemons, brings home a new wife and her son. Phil torments them until he finds himself exposed to the possibility of love. That's intriguing in itself, but also we should mention that we meet the wife uh, before that moment as well. Um, in fact, Benedict Cumberbatch's character meets the wife before that scene and also her son. Uh, she's essentially a single mum. And the son is this very weedy, gawkly, skinny, beanpole effeminate character. Yeah, the the exact character you'd imagine would be eaten alive in a Western-style setting. And indeed, that's kind of how it's looking. Um, Cumberbatch is this guy who's almost made a point of deliberately not washing. He wants to be as grimy and gritty and old yeah. school Western as he possibly can be. He's got a posse of people that are working with him. He's got, um, there's, there's a backstory involving, uh, clearly his role model, a character who, who's now passed away at the time of the story, but who has clearly inspired him and influenced him, uh, in his ranching ways. But there's also, a possible implication of something more, which is very subtly implied within the storytelling, um, but it's clearly there. Uh, is there anything in that or not? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. that's one thing. Jesse Plemons is this stiff kind of. It, it's a role he's played quite a lot. He's, he's the upstanding. Yeah, I know it's not America; it's Australia, but it's that all-American kind of character yeah. of, of an upstanding, straight down the line kind of guy who wants to make an honest woman of a. You know, a single mum who's in a little bit of a awkward quandary. And, um, you know, he's quite favourable to the son. You know, he's quite accommodating. He's a sensible business guy. Probably not very, very savvy, but sensible enough. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch is a guy who just wants to get out there, get his hands dirty. And that's, that's his character. Yeah. And um, there's a clash, of course. Uh, you can see where, it's, yeah. where that clash comes, or several clashes. Um and what happens from there on in is there's a whole different play on your expectations on a multiple level. Um, even the title, The Power of the Dog, once you've seen the film, think about the title afterwards. Okay. Because there's multiple potential meanings to yeah. the title. I, I think we talked about it before. I do like a good title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Definitely. And I think when, when that adds something to the story as well, all the better. I've got to draw your attention to uh, Roger Ebert's um, website, the great American film director, uh, film critic. critic. Who's, he's dead, who's though, got, isn't he? He's dead, but there's a website. It's still very good. And okay. review says, Benedict Cumberbatch is perhaps not the first actor that springs to mind when thinking of casting a Western, but under the direction of Jane Campion in, in her stellar drama, The Power of the Dog, he's just what the movie needs. Covered head he's, to he's probably the most adaptable actor. There's nothing yeah, that he it, can't do. I can't think of any other actor that can do so many different things as him. Yeah, he's completely convincing in this. I mean, he's a chameleon. Him, yeah. 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 A chameleon in, in very, every sense. He's, you know, the courier where he's playing this slightly kind of stiff British guy. Yeah. That's great into film. A, into, I really enjoy that. Story. That's a good film. Yeah, yeah. That was a 2021 like that. film. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. 
But yeah, it says covered head to toe in dirt for most of the film. He embodies, embodies a character of the masculine crisis. So those are the key words in this, actually. He has a constant need to prove he's the, t- the roughest, toughest leader in a wolf pack of cowboys, possibly to hide his adoration and affection for the long gone man who taught him more than just how to ride a horse. Uh, Phil dominates the pecking order of any room that he's in through cruel remarks and in irreverence towards authority. His eyes are cold as mountain air. His face is a stone facade against the world. His tongue is as sharp as a snake fang. Gone are the quirky and endearing characters of Cumberbatch that has played in the past. Here, coiled like a predator in weight, Cumberbatch is perhaps more fearsome than as a deep-voiced villain in The Hobbit and Star Trek Into Darkness. He moves through the movie like an unsheathed knife, cutting into... Un- uh, sorry, cutting into anyone unlucky enough to get close. So that that's a good description. Oh, I'm of watching happens. that. Well, yeah, this, that's but this also, weekend sorted out. There's more to it because you think this is only going to go one way. There's going to be some sort of tragic confrontation mm. or so, yeah, something along the lines where Cumberbatch is going to be this bullyish character taking it to a new level. And it doesn't necessarily go where you think it's going to go or how, okay. oh. how it goes to where it's going to go. Yeah. Um, there's multiple elements to it which are underlying what i love about this film we mentioned before about good films being worthy of multiple viewings i can't wait to see this film again i haven't had time to i'm presuming you didn't see it at the cinema it went straight I did. to netflix I did see it you did cinema. i yeah. thought it went straight to netflix it went i think it was a sim- simultaneous release oh, okay. um or, or it may have been a slight retrospective mm. release at the cinema i did see it on the cinema first time oh, great it's on netflix for anyone listening yeah. to this that wants to check it out um so it's free to air for anyone that's got that um and uh so which means it'll be on there for a long time yeah um yeah. i can't wait to see it again to be honest um okay. because I, there's there's so many details in this film that just you know when when films place clues and you don't know they're placing clues yeah you watch it you absorb it you don't really notice it later on bits come back into the equation and there's it's a film where you could you could be down the pub talking about this for an hour afterwards if you happen to watch it with someone yeah. else and then you bumped into them you 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 could talk about this forever. Talking to some friends the other day, actually, about I wish it. I'd they, seen it now. They, they said, yeah. yeah, I mean, they, they said they didn't understand one element, which was interesting, because I thought that was obvious. But they did understand another bit, which I didn't think was necessarily yeah, yeah. as obvious. That's so very Jane Campion, yeah. though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think she's a real talent. I think she... Yeah, she just doesn't a, make enough films, does she? She's... Yeah, the she, few she, far between. There's long, sort of big gaps between each film. Yeah, there are a few years. Yeah, um, there's a huge number of really talented female directors out there now. Yeah, oh yeah. We've definitely. gone from a point where a lot of people are decrying the lack of female directors in film, and somehow over the last well, I mean another film. Years, yeah, I mean another changed. film that we haven't spoken about yet is Nomadland, and that's Chloe Zhao that, that and that yeah. came. Another another great film, female director, yeah. yeah. Yeah, with Frances McDormand, of course. Yeah. In the lead role, yeah. But I mean I, yeah. I absolutely love this film. I can watch it over and over again. The wife felt the same as well. Um and Cumberbatch is he's menacing. I I love films where there's an underlying menace of violence. Not sometimes manifested, sometimes yeah. not according to which film it might be. There was, um, oh, I can't remember the name of the film now from a couple of years ago. There's a Brando-ish, uh, or Calm with Horses. There's a guy mm. there who's like a Marlon Brando type actor. Amazing. It's an Irish yeah. story. 
And I remember just, you telling me about it, yeah. Yeah, this kind of brimming under the surface for possible violence. This has got that on a much more subtle level. Yeah. Other films have it as well. Um, in fact, there's, a, there's other films we might talk about either in this year or into 2022, which have that going on. I love those elements. I think I think they, they work so well because it keeps you on edge. And I also love films where you don't quite know where the story's going to go. No, that's, where it that's does definitely go is fine. me. Predict, yeah. I've seen a lot of films and when I know what's going to happen, I get bored. Yeah. Which is yeah. why we've picked things like Riders of Justice and, yeah. you know, Power of the Dog because yeah. things happen that you don't quite expect that they're going to happen. Exactly. That's why we picked um, Par- Parasite last year being another case in point. Exactly. You, never, you could never know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that was a borderline one on the dates, wasn't it? In terms yeah, of which yeah. That fell into, but it was 2021 in the UK. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so I'm intrigued now to know if I'm right with my prediction of your number one. I'm going to go with Bond again because I think yeah, it's it not is, a number yeah. two. It must be a number one. It four is. out of five. Four out of five. I mean, yes, get in. <laughs> ultimately, it's, it's it, obviously a big, 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 big Bond fan, but it, it's Daniel Craig's last film. He obviously wanted to go out with a bang. It, it had a lot of things against it, and it it delivers on every single level, emotionally, sort of nostalgically, the set pieces, the acting, the performances, the story. It it was better than I ever thought it would be. It's probably my... I, I still don't think it's the best Daniel Craig Bond film. I still think Casino Royale is number one. I think this is the second best one, and I'd have um, Skyfall as number three. Um, but... Skyfall. <laughs> so I have to do that every time I hear the word Skyfall. Skyfall. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, carry on. But yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it was everything I wanted and more. Uh, my kids sat through two, you know, two and three quarters of hours of it. My it's a meaty feast, eldest isn't it, was crying <laughs> in parts. My <laughs> youngest didn't get bored. Oh, fantastic! And that's a three-hour film, so yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I, I, I did think that would be. A, I actually thought you were going to go at number two with that. I just thought you might be a bit more. Um, Reserved just because, yeah, I don't know, no, because, because. Yeah. It's going to be, it's, it, it always was going to be. I just remember sitting in the cinema watching it and thinking, yeah, I'm going to be watching this quite a lot. In, <laughs> in the, I mean, I've already seen it three yeah. times now. Yeah. I mean, one thing we didn't mention so far, the stunts, there's some brilliant bloody stunts. Oh, that. yeah. That scene, the, I know the, it's been shown the, in the I mean, trailers, but that scene with yeah. the bike. It's oh, ridiculous. yeah. I mean, Italy, it makes you want to go to Italy, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need much encouragement on that score. <laughs> no, no. But uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of that. Yeah. Or, or the bit where, um, they have the, um, the, the lift kind of, um, and, um, the, the kind of gap where the lift was and they have the magnets that you just jump down and the magnets come on and break your fall. It's like, I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not like a, a go-to tourist adventure ride you know phil mm. <laughs> no. i mean some of the stuff just very curious to see where they go to next with it because they've obviously mm. got to hit reset you mentioned spin-offs you wouldn't mind seeing the um, what's the name of the character in the cocktail dress Armas, um, yeah, yeah. Um, she, I mean, she's I, great if i was to produce if i was the money men on the bonds side of things i would be looking to do they talked about bond spimos before with yeah, the I think terrible the guy another day Halle Berry was rumored to get a 
sort of jinx her character's spin-off, but it never yeah, happens. This, this is the time to do it for me. I reckon two or three spin-offs, just other side characters, people double O something or whatever, you know. Yeah. The character, what was her name that was playing double O seven until Nomi, yeah, yeah. Nomi, until James Bond comes back and owns it. Um, I well, mean, maybe she, maybe she'll be Bond in the next film. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably the way. They've left it open to be able to do that if they want to, I think, is, is the way yeah. they've done it. But if not, they can do a spin-off where she's appointed 008 or something, and then she yeah. does her own thing. Why not? We can do that. Have I a know. break for a while. I come mean, back, refresh, Eon maybe. have notoriously been against any change that we have a formula it works we're going to stick with it but i mean with daniel craig they did that let's start with casino royale and see the story through with him as his first mission and see the story through to the end so they have in some cases decided to kind of you know change things change things up slightly recently so we shall see what happens next for more information on that go watch it Go watch. Go li- go listen <laughs> to our Bond special. All three hours of it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's almost as long as, um, in fact, it's slightly longer than No Time to Die. Yeah. Um, I mean, any further thoughts on the next Bond? I mean, you mentioned obviously there the Naomi character might be one, but if not her, then any other thoughts on that or any other news? Not since we did the last. No, no, not really. There's been nothing else happening since then. We we shall wait and see. I mean, there's so many other kind of spies at the moment, but. Um, the next couple of years, we're going to get two Mission Impossible films, and, and um, Tom Cruise has indicated they're going to be last. I think we've got seven and eight coming, and then that's it. He's done. I mean, that's injurious. There's no more. Well, there's no more Bourne films coming. I'm, no. I'm unaware of. Um, so, I mean, Bond's kind of is the number one. We're going to get a new. I mean, we had the Kingsman films from Matthew Vaughan. Um, he's got a new spy film out about a character called Argyle that's coming out this year that could be quite interesting. But I think quite a lot of the what you would call competition for Bond has kind of disappeared a bit recently. I think so, and he's still obviously reigning supreme at the back at the box office. So. Yeah, he's obviously not uh, that Bourne guy into touch, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> no, I love the Bourne films; they're great. But mm. I do think it's maybe got a um, a, a sell by date on that, which I think in a good way because you know yeah. keep it. Keep it unique. Just keep it to the, what is it, five? We'll, we'll see what happens. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, Phil, we'll have a break then here for yeah, part two. Yeah, I need two. to get another beer. Get some more beers in. And part three will be our very honourable mentions yes. for a very large number of other films. Yeah, there's plenty more we be. can recommend. That's coming up after this short break. It's time for part three now. We've been re-refreshed, haven't we? Refreshed, yes. I mean, I was already working my way through my third one, which was um, this bottle of, I don't even know. It's interesting. um, I think it's Obertruma original, I think that says. Uh, Have a look. It's a lighter ale. Okay. Interesting. Not too bad. I'll give it a six or seven out of ten. I'm on the end of of that, really, to be honest. But I also had lined up a um, old red-eyed stout coffee. Well, red eye coffee stout. Oh, that was interesting. Good. Can't get yeah. my head around that labelling. That looks a bit wrong, doesn't it? A red eye yeah. stout coffee stout. Hmm. Okay. So I'm on the sorcery session IPA. Oh yeah, it's good. It's decent stuff. That yeah. Edible. Yeah, I'm, I'm working my way through my stouts to get them out of the way for winter. So yeah. you know, so I can get onto the hazies uh, during the 
the lovely springtime that's soon upon us. <laughs> because as we record this, we're in mid-March, you know, the balmy days are, are afoot soon. The clocks will go uh, forwards in a couple of weeks, won't they? We lose an hour's sleep, but we're going to get loads of daylight. And that's it. Despite that, I'm sure I'll still spend most of my time in some balmy summer evenings in cinemas watching films because that's what we do. <laughs> exactly. Right. And, and how so, do, you, yeah. how do you want to do one of the all mentions? Do you want to do you do one, I do one, backwards and forwards, and see how we get on? Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a chronological. I, I make a list of what I've seen, so I've got a chronological list. I've got a list of films. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll probably. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, 78 and a half of them. Yeah. He physically has a list. I um, know. The half that you saw, was that the, the was that um, you missed the beginning and the end? Or you missed no, the end? No, I, I got half an hour, 40 minutes into it, and I thought, this is doing nothing for me. I can't get on with this <laughs> on any level. This is terrible, and I'm going to turn it off. Are you going to uh, reveal at this stage what that feels It was Titan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a Titan. Is it Titan? Is that how you pronounce it? No, sure, I really, it's not, it's Titan. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be I'm, titan. I'm going for the English titan. pronunciation. Yeah. It's Titan, mate. Titan. <laughs> titan. Titan is very, I mean, it's a, it's a woman that made, um, Raw, another female director, yeah. um, who made Raw, which Raw, was, yeah. it's, it's body horror kind of stuff, yeah. isn't it? But it's also a bit abstract. Um, yeah. And with copious stories. amounts of nudity and, but not weirdness, in a sexy way, but not in a sexy <laughs> way. Yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. get on with. I can get on with it. I've got to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I mean, I th- I thought it was a bit much. I didn't think it was a brilliant film. I um, I feel it's a I bit. Like it, it takes a lot for me to turn a film off and say, "No, I'm not doing this." Mm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm surprised actually. But, but yeah, that was yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. I did think the performance from uh, the male. Uh, the, the male lead, well, I guess you call the male lead, the, the guy who runs the fire yeah. station, is brilliant. He's he's again, he's got a visceral quality to his acting. I wish he'd had better material to work with because I, I didn't yeah. really like to tell that much. Um, but he's got that De Niro, Rizami yeah. thing that we're talking about. You know, yeah. he is captivating and terrifying. He, he could be generally. <laughs> oh, okay, we. Uh, yeah anyway anyway that's that one right but yeah let's let's work our way through things then you've already said um another round was actually last year so i'll cross that one off the list and then we'll we'll um we'll work our way through well let me start then um i'm first of all i'm amazed you didn't come up with coming to america too uh oh sorry coming to america as your top, uh, Watch top that. Film i missed film. that off my list of 79 and a half films that I've seen. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't wasn't great, was it? Really, it was after the Lord's show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm being diplomatic. It was awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, going back just chronologically for me, I care a lot. Um, Rosamund Pike. Did you see that? No, I haven't. I heard it's quite good. But I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, it's quite nice. All it's got that independent film feel. It's quite a low budget thing. She plays a predatory real estate kind of character. Yeah, she just does something with the insurance to rip off old people and she's brutal um it's kind of dark slightly she's cute. quite an unpleasant character isn't she yeah which is yeah. a departure from her usual stuff yeah as well. um not to that we talked about um westerns and paul uh, paul greengrass news of the world tom hanks i think that that came into last year's yeah. release times um i thought that was quite a good good solid little western nothing special but it was okay 
Um, I saw the Tom Hanks sort of sci-fi film Finch. That was all right. Nothing special. It's quite interesting. It's basically him and kind of t- talking to a robot. It's almost like Castaway in the future. Um, it feels like it he's a, doing a lot okay. of middle of the road stuff, isn't he? Yeah. At the moment. Uh, hopefully there'll be a, a resurgence somewhere down the line. Um, Nomadland is another one I had on the list, yeah. which we've touched on. Should we talk a bit more about that one? Yeah, I haven't seen it. Oh, no, you haven't <laughs> seen it. Oh, okay. Probably I've heard not. lots of good things, but yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I think it got a lot of praise. I did, did get to the point where by the time I saw it, it was one of those ones where it felt like it had been overrated just because I'd heard so many things about it. It's quite a low budget thing. It's got a pseudo documentary element to it where you're not quite sure if these characters are real. I think they are essentially real people playing a version of themselves. Yeah. But it's pretty much a documentary. Almost. Oh, okay. Almost. So on the back of that, she got the gig with Eternals, the Marvels film, which yeah. I saw. I saw at the cinema. And Chloe, I, what's I her had, name? Chloe Zhao. I had Zell. I had no interest in what's happened to the characters that cared even less. Did nothing Apparently for it wasn't me good. whatsoever. Yeah. No, I did not enjoy that. Yeah. yeah, that's a bit of a shame. Speaking of her, and um, that was around awards time, uh, Minari. Uh, which is um, yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was a really good film, and I loved the. Yeah, I, I I had that as possibly that was my number six for you on my kind of list. I'm thinking, yeah, that's Russell Bate. <laughs> it was in my top. <laughs> it was in my top twelve or so. I'm not sure mm. where I would have placed it. Um, what I really like about it that didn't is do anything the, new, but it was very believable. Mm, yeah. It was, wasn't it? And they're they're playing. Is it? Um, are they Korean? I can't remember yeah, now. Yeah. Korean American, yeah, who, yeah. Sort just, of trying to, just, just trying to get, aren't they? just trying to get by, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love the story. old man. I love the old man in it who was kind of their neighbour that helped them out. He was great. Mm. And um, the the grandma character, the yeah. actress that plays that. Did you see her, um, her announcement? I think it was at the Baftas, or it might have been the Oscars. I think it was one of those. Brilliant, so funny. She was making taking the piss out of the British. Uh, at the awards, Excellent. it must have been the BAFTAs, and yeah. I found it absolutely brilliant because she was off the wall, kind of deadpan, kind of really dry humour. I thought this is brilliant. Really yeah. loved her. She was great. I was yeah. laughing. The only time I've genuinely felt really entertained watching a award ceremony. Yeah, I can't stand the Oscars there. normally, I, uh, but yeah. this was, I think it was the BAFTAs. I think it was the BAFTAs. But uh, no, good solid film. Really good. Yeah. Um, I've mentioned Surge already, so I recommend that to everyone. Yeah, I'd have to look for that. Um, first half of the year, also Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. That, that that's um, a very very good companion piece to the Trial of the Chicago Seven, which is my number two, I think. Last it was year. indeed. Yeah, I, I um, thought you were going to say this as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, what if you those two as a double bill? Hmm. Would I mean it might not be Friday night, but it it would be a definitely a very interesting, illuminating, and educational way to spend an evening. <laughs> I reckon it's a Thursday night double bill. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Thursday yeah. night. <laughs> yeah, I mean again, it's got historical elements. And Daniel Kaluuya, I mean, considering he's, I think he's Lon- from London born, he just nails yeah. that whole American persona perfectly. Yeah. He's become a genuine star and a real convincing. Yeah. Character as an American uh, in lots of films. I just still keep that, see, I still just remember him in Psychoville. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Was that his first? All right, tea leaf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tea leaf. 
he was the tea leaf, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's been in some great stuff, hasn't he? Obviously, you know, his Get Out, out, which is brilliant. Um, He's in Black Panther and various other things besides. This one, another, yeah, it's pretty much the title role, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Effectively, certainly the lead. Um, Intense, kind of edgy. Yeah. Um, You've got really interesting historical element to it. No, definitely. Um, Really good film. Yeah, it's on my shortlist. Yeah, yeah, that was in my my top ten. Yeah, um, and one one film we haven't mentioned yet, a sequel, which I thought was very good, um, a quiet place too. Place two. Mm. Yeah, that's that's on my short list as well. Yeah, um, I mean it doesn't exactly reinvent the wheel. It offers nothing new. It feels like an episode. It's not a blockbuster by any stretch. It feels like if a, like if a quiet place was like. A TV pilot. This was just the second episode of a TV show. It's quite minimalist, but it's mm. very, for what it does, it's very, very well done. Um, I'm interested to see what they do next with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, so in terms of the sequels that came out, Bond aside, that was, I'd say that was the best sequel I saw in the whole, the whole year. Yeah. It really is a, a very good sequel. And I was pleasantly surprised because I'm always dubious. Yeah, like it wasn't films, a particularly think, oh. good year for sequels. I mean, mm. The King's Man was all right. Mm. The Matrix Resurrections, I quite enjoyed watching. And then a week later, I couldn't remember anything about it. Um, Ghost, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife was mm. okay. It wasn't <laughs> bad, yeah. but it wasn't great. It, I mean, right. it made me smile a bit at the time, but I've got no desire to go back and watch it again. I've got Spider-Man no, Spider- Spider- no Way Home. Um, <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't understand the massive adulation that that film's got. I thought it was good, but I mean, that's the highest rated film on IMDb in the whole of last year. I thought it was good. I thought James Bond was a lot better, <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> Evidently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, there's some, some, I mean, nobody we've already mentioned. There's some interesting small little films as well. There was a film called After Love. With um, Joanna Scanlon, who hey. you might know is one of the characters in, um, I think it's the thick of it. She's yeah. uh, she's the kind of like the enduring yeah. side character. No, I haven't seen that. And that's interesting. She plays a, a British um, woman who's married a Muslim, a British Muslim, and converted to Islam. Uh, then discovered after he's died that she he was living a double life. And oh, okay. she discovers that he, it's some, some very bland, nowhere kind of place, French kind of port town. Um, she goes over and, um, not, not confronts, but meets up with and tries to find out about the double life with this French woman who yeah. he's been having a double life with and has a child with. Um, interesting story. I mean, there's a number of British actors, female actors who, who have come to the fore recently. Um, another one just this year with, a film called Ali and Ava, which is with, yeah. um, yeah, um, actor who's, who's a great actor. And yeah. that again is another tour de force performance. Riz Ahmed, Robert De Niro style. Yeah. He's, he's brilliant in that film, by the way. We'll talk about that next year, of course. But, um, but that's got Claire Rushworth in it or Rushbrook. Um, okay. who you might know from Secrets and Lies. Yeah. Yeah. The matriarch figure in that. Um, and you've got here, you've got Joanna Scanlon in After Love. And without being too rude, I mean, it's kind of like a, it's a, it's a late middle age, quite bulky woman of no particular distinction in terms of, you know, she's nothing alluring or something. She's an ordinary person 
if that makes sense. Yeah. And there's a, there's a real thrust for these kind of roles at the moment, which I really yeah. like. Just these different. Yeah. Definitely. They're, they're not just beautified Hollywood stars or people that have got something quirky no, and no. interesting. They're just ordinary people put into maybe slightly extraordinary yeah. situations. Extraordinary circumstances. Yeah. yeah. Or even not that extraordinary. And I thought that was an interesting film. Um, it's, it's small little drama, basically, but it's, yeah. it's a good solid film. Really like that. Um, and, uh, let's see what else was there. I've got to mention one thing, which I think is a 2021 documentary on Sky documentaries, King Otto. Do you know about this? Okay. This no, about, I haven't seen that. This is about, I've forgotten his name actually. He's a, he's a Greek. Uh, sorry. He's, um, uh, what was he? He was a football manager. He, um, I actually can't remember now what, what the nationality crossover was, mm. but he was a manager of one. Yeah. He's, he's, the, he's the guy that, yeah, that's it. He's German and he was the guy that managed Greece to the Euros. Oh, well, when they won it in yeah. 2004. Was and it's it? a fast, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a very stylistically solidly made documentary. It was put on Sky documentaries, but yeah. it's a 2021 release, you know. Yeah. 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 And, definitely. and it's really engaging. And, and, Otto, I can't remember his surname, Ray Kyler or something, I think. Yeah. Um, is a really interesting character. He hasn't oh, okay. done much else, elsewhere. I thought that was quite interesting. There was also a documentary on Buddy Guy, the famous blues musician. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, also came out. Player, last year. Yeah. And, and that was fascinating. So I many big names. That, in terms of documentaries yeah. about music, there was that, um, Summer of Soul one as well. Yes. That was on my short list of 10, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I was going to come was, to in a minute. Yeah. yeah. Uh, superb. Saw that in the cinema. Um, went to the Castle Cinema in, um, Homerton near Hackney, okay. around that area. Really nice little retro cinema oh, that's been reprised. Um, and it's beautiful. It's Art Deco, lovely place. Um, yeah. we sat right near the front watching this film. I mean, you've got Mahalia Jackson and you've got an early Gladys Knight and yeah, you've got, yeah. you've got Jesse Jackson uh, as an, uh, as a younger guy yeah. on the stage and you've got, Sly and the Family Stone, and you've got Nina Simone, and you've got Stevie Wonder as yeah. a younger guy. Uh, and it's incredible documentary footage of a phenomenal event. It was the, yeah. um, it was a weekend of, um, black music celebration concerts in, I think it was in Brooklyn. Yeah. New York. The same year as, um, what's it called? Uh, it's gone out of my head. The famous rock festival in America. Woodstock. Woodstock, yeah. Uh, same year. I had the same amount of coverage 69, in terms of filming. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But it, um, all the footage was there. It was sensational stuff. Never got released because there was no market for it. And then it just got that's buried mad, for about 30, yeah. 40 years. Came back and it's a brilliant film. Years, yeah. Incredible stuff. Yeah. It's so captivating. Uh, just looking at the crowd, looking at the performances. Of, uh, there's an intensity and a, a rawness to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Great, great film. So, and, and loads more good documentaries besides. Uh, Phil, uh, back to you. What, what else have you got there? So, um, what, um, I really enjoyed early last year, Promising Young Woman. That was a, a difficult watch, but yes. it was an ex- interesting yeah. watch. That was on my short list. I thought that was fantastic. That Carrie Mulligan, um, she was just. Oh, Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. Carrie Mulligan. Sorry. Yeah. Um, she's just fantastic. Yeah. In that she just completely owned it and it it's a film that it has it's well 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 worth watching um yeah. essentially she's she's playing a woman pretending to be drunk 
in order to see how blokes would react to her. Yeah, when, and then when, when they she do react them to out her dodgily, the, yeah. yeah, she she feigns drunk uh, drunkenness, and then and it gets it, darker and darker as, yeah. the, as the film goes on. Very much so. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like that film. I I found it very interesting. So did I. Good mm. film. Um, uh, one film I absolutely loved last year that I, I um, anybody who enjoyed the likes of Nobody and Rides of Justice, uh, there's a Norwegian film called The Trip, which is on Netflix, done by Tommy Vercola. Um, if you want another kind of Cohen type zaniness, madness, weird characters, never know what's going to happen <laughs> next film. I heartily recommend it. Yeah. I can't recommend that one enough. Well, you um, recommended it to me yesterday, so I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. It's on Netflix. I'll, yeah, um, I, I, I'll be curious to know what you think of it. It's, it's genuinely amusing as well. Yeah, it's about a couple who go on a trip together, the trip, and yeah. they are essentially trying to kill each other. <laughs> they decide they're they? going to kill each other, <laughs> and then they bump into some real criminals. Yeah, but I won't <laughs> yeah. give any more spoilers than that. The funniest film I saw in the whole of 2021 and it came cl- close-ish, it probably made my top 10, not quite my top five, would be Don't Look Up. It was mm. genuinely amusing, genuinely hilarious in parts. As a satire, I think it maybe pushed the point a little bit too far in some places. Okay. But it's, well, it's, some of it was quite obvious humour, It's and it's always easy to make jokes about stupid people. Um, it's worth watching. It will make you laugh. You will enjoy it. A week later, you won't quite remember why you like, found it quite as funny as you did. But <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it yet, actually, that one. No. Sure. Mm. Um, another film I'm pretty sure you haven't seen that I absolutely loved uh, is uh, Free Guy, the Ryan Reynolds film. No, where he's basically He's a character in a computer game. It's kind of like a Groundhog Day sort of thing. He's what we call an NPC. Uh, uh, he's a character in the background in a computer game who suddenly... Um, kind of wakes up and decides he wants more from life than just whatever <laughs> his little program's got. Sounds a bit like the Lego movies. I mean, I mean he's easy <laughs> to make jokes about Ryan Reynolds and um, and sort of look down your nose rather sneeringly about him. But I really genuinely, that had Jodie Comer as his love interest in that. I found oh, that genuinely brilliant. amusing, a really, really nice, interesting film. Um on the subject of Ryan Reynolds, there was another film on Netflix called Red Notice that he did with Gal Gadot, which was another kind of like blockbuster about um, jewel thieves. It wasn't a classic, but if you want a Saturday night bit of brainless popcorn entertainment, it, it I thought I really really enjoyed it. Um, mm. Another, if in terms of action films, if you want a bit of a kind of Groundhog Day. <laughs> um, uh, Sort of, but but with more guns uh, along the line, more maybe along the lines of Edge of Tomorrow, the Tom uh, Cruise film. There was a film called Boss Level, where uh, the same guy has to live the light the same day over and over and over again, and keeps getting killed. Um, <laughs> I really genuinely genuinely enjoyed that sort of science fiction action brainless film. You, Boss Level, <laughs> I thought was absolutely great. Um, one other film I genuinely enjoyed, although how much of this is due to nostalgia, I don't know. Uh, is the Many Saints of Newark that we haven't mm. mentioned yet, the, the kind of uh, Sopranos pre- uh, sort of prequel film that sort of set the generation before the series that we um, with Gandolfini's son in the lead. Yeah, role. I loved The Sopranos, one of my favourite shows ever. Absolutely, it wasn't the greatest film, but mm. as a fan, 
<laughs> seeing yeah. the characters being younger and it it, it 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 was worth watching it added so a bit to the story it's better saw, than seeing the only fools and horses characters as younger people yeah there. definitely <laughs> I, I genuinely quite enjoyed that um another uh, it wasn't the greatest year for horror um a couple of horror films that i've won't say were absolutely brilliant, but were interesting and worth watching. One would be Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it. It wasn't, I mean, I expect a bit more from him. I know that's a really yeah. horrible thing to say. Um, I, he's produced so many good films. I expect every film to be great. It was good. It wasn't it's great. Got, it's got Anya Taylor Joy in it as well. She's, she's always, absolutely, she's always just, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and James Wan, another director that I absolutely adore, he had Malignant, um, which wasn't the cleverest film, and I'm pretty sure you haven't seen it. But if you want no. a sort of 80s style uh, horror, it's great fun. Okay. Well, lastly, just sort of on animation, um, I quite enjoyed Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, Luca, Luca, the new, the, the new, the latest Pixar film. Until tomorrow, Same. we get tomorrow we get a new Pixar film. Um, Is that the red something, isn't it? The turning red, yeah. Luca, I, I enjoyed. I love yeah. the Italian aesthetic of it. The best animation I saw by Country Mile um, was the Mitchells and the Machines. Yes, I'm so I glad. I was it. waiting to see if you're going to say I that. I loved it. That's a great little film, isn't it's it? It's a brilliant. Really that was good. on my shortlist. Yeah, it's a really good little film. I loved it. It's, it's quirky. It's fun. It's typical conventional narrative storytelling. But yeah. It's funny in all the right places. It pushes all the right buttons. And it's, it's quite well made, isn't it, as well? Yeah, it's great. Film. Yeah. I've got a couple of uh, just films on a particular theme. Yeah. Uh, directors who I like, who I've been yes. disappointed with in 2021. First of all, Ben Wheatley, who's a Brighton resident. Oh, yes, made. yeah. Uh, although I'm not sure. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't watch his new one. In the Earth. Um, mm. A film which was, um, it was it made. It didn't get reviewed very well, so I never got around to watching yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a film that was made during lockdown. Um, so, of course, there's a lot of constrictions, a lot of hassles and demands and uh, challenges involved in doing that. And this film was about lockdown in one sense, because uh, there's, there's this character who's, who's going along and he appears to be looking into where someone's gone, where, where they've disappeared to. And they, they go into a woodland area. There's a signing up point and they do the tests and everything else. Something to do with the pandemic. Yeah. It's not ostensibly mentioned, but you know, it's basically COVID. And yeah. then they go further off into the woodland to try and discover where this mystery character has disappeared to. And there's another mystery character who's up to something who comes along their path. There's a, there's a kind of like a, a quite a brutal injury scene, uh, along the way. And it's really set up quite intensely, quite interestingly. You've got this kind of, you can feel the, the turf and the moss and the, the yeah. dampness of this kind of probably autumnal early winter kind of time in, in the woodlands or, or, or late winter, early springtime in the woodlands. Um, and it's setting itself up really nicely as a pseudo horror. And I just think it lost its way. There's a ter- yeah, certain okay. character turns up and a lot of people really like this film and, and some people not so much. For me, I, I became very irritated with how it turned out. There's a character in it who I think is a very good actor. Um, she's in, um, I think it's I, Daniel Blake, isn't it? The one with, uh, yeah. 
uh, the older Scottish guy in the role, I think. Oh no, Geordie, the Geordie. Yeah. Um, do you remember that film? And the young girl in it who's in the social, uh, at the jobs uh, signing on at the same time. Yeah. Um, he has a, a kind of a platonic relationship with of some sort. She's in it. I can't remember her name. Haley something, I think. And she's a perfectly good actress, but her character and her presence within this story, I thought it just dropped off a cliff. Yeah. I really oh, okay. just lost interest and got irritated and bored with it. And I, I'm so I disappointed. I hate it when that happens. It's Ben Wheatley as well. I, I, I really know. One, one director that I absolutely love. And every time he film of his comes out, I'm looking forward to it is Neil Blomkamp, the South African direct, sort of mainly yeah. science fiction director. He bought a horror America. film out called Demonic, which was absolutely terrible. It was just so, it was just oh, no. almost unwatchable. It's like, what are you doing, mate? Come on, get back <laughs> doing interesting stuff. You feel you've been let down, don't you, now? Yeah. Uh, he's the District 19 guy, isn't he? District 9, like yeah, yeah, yeah. District 9. Yeah. yeah, 19 is the 10 times sequel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the other director who I was very disappointed with, he's not always hitting the mark, but he's he's usually better than not. Wes Anderson. I don't know what you feel about oh, Wes Anderson. Oh, the French Dispatch. I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of his, I've got to be perfectly honest. I mean, I, I've, I've got a love-hate relationship with him. I, I thought Isle of Dogs was wonderful. That was him, wasn't yes, it? Yes, I've got a poster on my wall in the living room of that one. I love that film. I loved... Election, was that, or Rushmore, or what is it? Was it? No, I can't remember. Uh, I think Rushmore is his, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah um, sure. but he, he did, um, uh, what was the thinking of? The, the well, Royal Tenenbaums and, Royal yeah, yeah. Tenenbaums I really liked. Yeah. I really hated Life Aquatic. It's a very popular yeah. film. I thought it dragged on and was a, a, just a parody of itself. I just got yeah. bored of it. It just dragged on. I quite like Moonlight, um, Kingdom. It's yeah, okay. I seen that. That's not bad. I absolutely love the Grand Budapest Hotel. I think it's yeah. superb. It's his, that, it's that's his, his best, best film. film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. French Dispatch is very similar to that. I've heard it. Is it short stories or? Yeah, it's episodic. It's, it's yeah. Kind of I'll never kind of get on with films like that. No. So I, I, I it becomes, it. you become too aware of running time and it just, I don't know, it just, it just takes you out. It's a bit like 3D cinema. Yeah. When there's an effect happens, it takes you out of the drama. Yeah. And it just felt like a parody of Grand Budapest Hotel, you know, like a shadow of itself. It, they were trying to do something along similar lines, and it just didn't work for me at all. Good cast, some interesting yeah. visuals, but it just, it just, I just thought it was bad. I thought it's a poor film, really, yeah. which is highly disappointing. So those, those weren't good. Um, what I did like, um, I mentioned Notes on Blindness, has been yeah. an interesting documentary. There was a film called The Reason I Jump, which is very, very similar. It's That's very about autism, isn't it? Autism. And it's very about yeah. closed in, kind of encapsulated uh, personification yeah. of the of It's of based the on issue. a book, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, it Must Be Heaven by Elias Suleiman. That was a bit disappointing. It's, uh, it's, I think he's an Israeli. And it's, it's, it's like a kind of place. He's... The main guy in it playing himself or a version of himself, just being very observational and having a, a quirky surrealist take on what, what he sees around him. I didn't think it really hit the notes, to be honest, for me. I did watch The Father only in the last couple of days. I've had a very big binge watch. I've seen, I think it's six films in the last two days yeah. or something. Um, You've done one very of, well, yeah. 
One of them was The Father. I thought it was a good film. I thought it was better than some of the critics said. And I've got a problem with Anthony Hopkins. I think he's a very good actor. Oh, he, but yeah, but, but he, he takes over two, everything. Yeah, there's two problems. One, he grandstands a lot. Yeah. And the other one is he's awful, awful with accents. Obviously, accents wasn't an issue in this film. But um, I thought in my mind's eye, this was going to be a grandstanding scenario. But it wasn't actually. It was on the nose. I thought it was really good. Um, and it came very close to the release time of Supernova with Stanley Tucci and Colin Firth. Which okay, is about yeah, a, I haven't seen that. It's about a gay couple. Um, Stanley Tucci's character has very early onset Alzheimer's. Yeah. And it's about them dealing with that situation. It's a really touching, very gentle, very small film in terms of, you know, it doesn't have any grand illusions. It's just a, just a nice little story. Yeah, I I preferred it to the father, but I do think the father was better than I thought it was going to be. I think I think Hopkins is actually very good in it. To be fair, okay. Um, and it's an interesting story because it, it, uh, the father just changes the narrative from the perspective of Anthony Hopkins. So you've got a version of his daughter, then there's another version of his daughter, another actress playing the same person, yeah. or is it? And then he's talking about a, a daughter who clearly is the sister of Olivia Coleman, who's dead. Yeah. You can tell she's dead. And he oh, know. okay. He's saying, oh, why doesn't yeah. she visit? You know, and that kind of stuff. Then there's Olivia Coleman's husband, who manifests himself in two different forms, Mark Gatiss and Rufus oh. Sewell, who are both great actors. Yeah, Gatiss yeah. in particular. And you're, you're left wondering, what, what, what is reality here? You're, you're kind of put into the Anthony Hopkins perspective. You know, you... You have a, there's a sense of distance because you think, right, I know what's going on here and I'm looking at this as an outsider looking in on him. But at the same time, you're being told the story of these characters around through his eyes. Yeah. So it's an interesting, I, I think it's an interesting film. Um, but there were two films to do with pigs and truffles. <laughs> I watched Pig last night. Did you? Yeah, you watched it last night, didn't you? What yeah. did you think? Nicholas Cage, who I don't get on with generally. I, I really like this I, film. I liked him 25 years ago. Nicholas Cage was great. And then he just became, he just made too many films that were rubbish and kind of lose interest. And he's obviously, his celebrity has faded somewhat. It I've was interesting. Raising yeah. Arizona. Oh, no. was good, anyway. I've yeah. got rock Con Air and face off. <laughs> I'm great with all of that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I quite enjoyed Pig. It, 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 I mean, don't go in and expecting a classic, but it, but it wasn't boring. <laughs> it was interesting. I love the restaurant. You saw you something he... that you don't quite normally see, you know. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't yeah, quite it... as good as all the critics will tell you it, it is, but it was interesting. Well, that's interesting because I saw it before I read anything about it. So yeah, I think it's one of those things, isn't it? When you when you start to build up a notion of what it's going to be about yeah. uh, or what it's going to be like. I think it can spoil things or the other way around. You can get ahead of the curve. Yeah. I liked it. I think it went off in a couple of directions. I didn't yeah, think it was yeah. going to go in. I thought it was an interesting role for him. Very dark, literally dark, isn't it? Yeah. You, you can barely see Nicolas Cage in the early scenes when he's yeah. there with the dog. And it's, he just looks old. Yeah. He gets beaten up at the beginning. You just see him from the rest of the film, which goes over several days, just blood all over his face. It's not yeah, a very yeah. showy role at all. And that came off the back of um, The Truffle Hunters, which yeah. is a, again, it's a little bit like Nomadland in, in the sense that they're filming it 
kind of like a drama, but you know it's more or less a documentary. Yeah. And I think those people are probably the real people. I haven't read up on it. I don't know if that's true or not. And it's about a whole load of people, mainly older people, who are um, truffle hunters in Italy. Um, pig okay. is the same. And in both cases, unusually, it's about dogs rather than pigs, actually. Oh, okay. and, uh, sorry, not, not in the case of pig. Obviously, that's... Uh, yeah, yeah. But in, in terms of truffle hunters... It's set in northern Italy to an area which I happen to have been invited to by my good friend, Tim, who might be listening to this. Hello, Tim, if you are. He's got a place in Italy and I've been over there and for a truffle festival. And, yeah, they've got dog, dogs hunting down the truffles oh, rather okay. than pigs. And it's about these characters in, I think it must be in the Piemonte region of Italy, yeah. northern Italy, where it's a big thing. It's all about wine and truffles there. Yeah, yeah. And they are superb, I have, have to say. Yeah. But, these characters, if, if they're not the real people, they are definitely a, a version of themselves. Yes. And there's a really old couple, and this guy's going out restlessly. He goes out uh, hunting at night for truffles with his dog. His wife keeps saying, stop doing that. You're too old. If you collapse, you're going to die, because I won't even know you're out there, let alone being anywhere near a Yeah, hospital. yeah. And then he, you know, the next scene, he's climbing out of a window <laughs> to go and speak. <laughs> you know, it's brilliant. I love it. Um, it's a good little film. Um, it's not going to be a top fiver, but it's it's good fun. Um, yeah. And I think that's a short film as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, speaking of Italy, one film I've been itching to see, which had this epic, it could be awful, it could be good feel, was a film called Martin Eden, which despite the title okay, is actually, heard of it. it's an Italian film, but it's based okay. on a, a novel by, I think, is it Chat London or somebody? Oh, okay. Um, so that's why the anglicised title. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, it was awful. Oh, <laughs> I was okay. disappointed. It was, uh, it had an epic scale. It had that kind of once upon a time in America kind of godfather sort of like, it's a whole saga thing. Yeah. And it really didn't just stand up to anything at all. Um, but there we go. And uh, nowhere special. What was that? I'm trying to remember what that is. Did you see that? No, I haven't heard of that one. Can't remember what that was. Tove, which is about. I must the, admit, um, when I was going through my list of films I watched, I was thinking, "What's that? I don't even. Re- I can't yeah, remember no, anything." By not it. a good sign, to be honest. I it? know it's not. Yeah. Um, Tove, which I saw the same day as Summer of Soul at the same cinema, the Castle Cinema, yeah, in um, uh, Homerton. That was about Tove Jansen, I think her name is. Oh, the movies. yeah, the movies. That's a good little she's, drama. She's you know. also wrote like psychology books and things like that yeah that's right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. interesting character interesting to hear about her life yeah and to see it it's it's good it's a good solid biopic nothing more nothing less um riders of justice you've mentioned knight of the kings do you see that one no not heard of that one either showing my ignorance now it's set in a prison in africa i think it's congo can't remember now um quite intense quite tight it's got almost like a theatrical musical sort of feel that the, the characters are all set up. The, the physical movement just feels like it's orchestrated. Uh, it's quite a curious film, quite intense. I thought the trailer made me think this is going to be the film of the, of the year. Yeah, yeah. It didn't quite hit those heights, but it was still pretty decent. Um, Limbo about um, em- immigrants um, stuck in not barren landscape one. in Scotland. Oh, nice okay. little film, not bad. Stillwater, Matt, Matt oh, Damon. Oh, that was the Matt Damon one. Yeah, yeah, I quite I heard liked about it. That. It got, yeah, it got I panned a bit, didn't it? I, yeah, I actually quite yeah. liked it. Yeah, he plays a bit of a meat-headed redneck kind of guy whose daughter has moved to um, Europe, and 
uh, has essentially got into trouble of some sort or other. Yeah, wasn't it based on like the Amanda Knox case or something like that? Yeah, uh, and that courted a lot of controversy for yeah. that reason because actually that family took great exception to it. They they saw it as a very thinly veiled. Yeah, I've, I've got it ready to watch when I've got around it. Yeah, to, I thought it was good. I think Damon's brilliant in it. Oh, he's always watchable. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're into the final segment, Phil, part four. We've been summarising the rest of the films yeah. worthy of note, one way or the other. Um, I think we're probably about halfway down the list here or, or so. So we were talking about Stillwater last time out. What's next on the agenda? Uh, one film I enjoyed uh, that was another one that was on Netflix was a film called The White Tiger, uh, an Indian oh. set film. Have you seen oh, that I've one? Not, no, no, I've got it on my list. I've not seen it. Yeah, it... it, it it starts off quite a really kind of nice sort of happy, smiley, interesting. It's in, yeah, this is what happens film. And then it kind of gets darker and darker as the film goes on. But oh. uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You've mentioned pig. We've mentioned, we, we touched on the courier much earlier on, but we didn't really talk yeah, about it. Yeah, that was a great Let's film. talk about that. Yeah. That's it's good. not really had much. It's not really received much attention. It's another true story of, uh, yeah. An, an English kind of merchant or salesman who sort of went behind the Iron Curtain in the sort of 50s, wasn't it? Was, yeah, yeah I think. and he was... Hmm? I saw a spillage going a lively turn. Um, yeah, he was requisitioned yeah. from a normal... But, uh, ordinary... To be a spy, basically, yeah. to mm. find out, yeah, to find out information from defectors, uh, potential defectors in Russia. Yeah. I thought that uh, was great. That uh, really interesting. Cumberbatch in was particularly predictably brilliant yeah 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 thumbs up to me on that one um we talked about Denmark earlier there was a film called Wildland I can't remember much about this but I think it was a good little film um something to do with kind of sort of like small town slightly gangy gang type characters yeah um that was an interesting little film um Censor did you see Censor oh yeah I didn't really uh, yeah it was interesting uh, it wasn't as good as I, I was expecting it to be. I wonder how much of this is to do with your age, because um, whether you'd like this or not, but I'm slightly older. No, I do. I, I do remember the age of the video now. So yeah, I wasn't sure if you did or not. But it's a horror if, film. Yes. Yeah. So yeah basically it's a, horror, it's a very about someone whose whose job was in the early 80s to watch. Video nasty after video nasty. Yeah, and they're working for the BBFC basically. Then yeah. incarnation. And there's a character called Enid, who's this mm. sort of slightly studious type of character who's quite uh, prudish. And yeah. she's um, watching these films, pro- probably getting affected by stuff. There's a haunted element of a, a disappeared woman who she's trying to. Is it her sister? I can't remember now. Yeah, something like that. So, yeah. Who's gone missing? And then there's this questionable sort of filmmaker who she tracks yeah. down, played by Michael Smiley. You yeah. mentioned Ben Wheatley. He's a, he's, a, he's a regular on Ben Wheatley films. Tubes from Spaced. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, of course. And, you know, he, he uh, it, it, it's an odd sort of film, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind I, didn't, of a bit, I didn't really get on with it, I've got to be honest. It felt like Peter Strickland films. Um you know, he, I don't know if you know Peter Strickland's work. He did things like Barbarian Sound Studio and In Fabric, okay. which are very, very. They've got a very strong retro flavour. Yeah, there's there's clearly a, a love 
a love letter to kind of, to the kind of grimy or oddball past. Of, it's a very yeah. British thing. It's not very British in a carry on way or in a, no, no. or in an Ealing comedy way. It's yeah. a different kind of very British. And, yeah. um, In Fabric is a brilliant film. I absolutely love it. And this feels a bit like it could have been made by him, but it wasn't quite up to scratch. Um, it's not yeah. bad. I quite liked it. Pig I liked, which you mentioned. Um, there's a film called Sabaya. Um, I can't remember what it was about. I think it was set in, was it Saudi? It's somewhere in the Middle East, I think. And oh, okay. it's about kind of uh, the young generation trying to find their way with social media and, yeah, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. That's interesting. Suad as well, I think along similar lines. Herself was interesting. Um, did you see that? There's a lot of films that you've seen that I've never even heard of. This yeah. is embarrassing. Yeah. Well, herself, I've, got, I've got a massive list of Christmas films that I had to watch <laughs> that you probably didn't see. <laughs> yeah, possibly, yeah. I mean, that may, may well be the case. Um, herself, I'm just going to double-check them to make sure I'm getting the right one I'm thinking of. But um, this was a film by, let me just get the details. Yeah, Philida Lloyd, um, starring Claire Dunn, Harriet Walter and Conleth Hill. It's about a, a young mother, Sandra, who escapes her abusive husband and fights back against a broken housing system. She sets out to build her own home and in the process rebuilds her life and rediscovers herself. Okay. And that pretty much nicely sums up what it's about. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's more to it than that, of course, but a good little British drama, good mm. solid story. The Nest, I thought, was a bit of a... I, I, kind of, I didn't mind it, but I thought it was another one that became a bit overblown over time. Jude Law um, as a city slicker kind of character okay um who's obviously got some financial issues going on he's taking a new start coming back from america where he's working back to britain and buys a place that's way out of his range he's struggling to make ends meet um it's kind of self-destructive narrative type of yeah, thing yeah it's one of those sort of things not bad um rose plays julie interesting as well it's got an interesting actress called orla brady who's irish um Really good in everything she's been in. Oh, yeah. She's not famous particularly, but she's one of those attractive older ladies in terms of, yeah. you know, she's middle-aged, not old, old. Yeah. Um, but she's playing an actress and she's got a, a daughter who's uh, tracked her down, you know, adoption, etc. Yeah. Tracked her down. And it's got, again, it's got an edgy quality. You know, we were talking earlier about films that you're not quite sure where they're going to go and there's something quite edgy and underlying about them. That's got that element about it, but this one, there's a really edgy relationship between the two. Oh, cool. Not bad. Um, Gagarin, French film. No. Not seen it? You've got, you've I'm got not so doing very well film. here, am I? I've got a massive <laughs> list of what films that I've watched, but most of them are Christmas films or Marvel films or general blockbusters, none of which <laughs> I, I, I've mentioned all the ones so far that I found even remotely Fair enough. interesting. Well, Gagarin is, is, is the French pronunciation of, of Gagarin. Yuri Gagarin, yeah. yeah and that, it's yeah. about a, a guy who's obsessed with uh, cosmic stuff, you know, as an astrologer in the making. Um, yeah. And it's set on a housing estate, a condemned housing estate. Uh, it's a multicultural setup. And this main character is a black guy uh, from the estate who's obsessed with Gagarin. Uh, there's loads of footage of him having apparently visited the the location where this is set yeah um 
as a as a sort of like a new star, I suppose, isn't he? As a as a, as a cosmonaut, um, and it's just quite beautiful, quite lyrical. It's very French, oh, cool. you know. Lots yeah. of good visuals, people on rooftops with fireworks and all that kind of thing. Um, but there's a surreal quality to it towards the end as well, which I quite like. You don't quite know where it's going, and I like that. I thought it was a good film. That was oh, on my brilliant. shortlist. And The Green Knight as well. Uh, yeah. That was interesting. Have you seen it? It wasn't what you expected, no. was it? It, it was one of the most prettiest films that I saw this year. Um, normally when you get kind of arterial romance, it's either goes the Disney way or it goes the kind of Excalibur way with blood and guts. But this kind of went the uh, the kind of art house way. Yeah, it really did. As did I thought Dev film. Patel was great in it. Yeah, I, mean, I really liked it. Um, I don't think it was brilliant. I did think it went on too long. Yeah, and we watched it in the cinema with somebody. Somebody in the background made a very visible and audible um, sign of their frustration with how long it was going on. Oh God, <laughs> I thought it was a bit too much. It was too long. That was that was something. It was uh, unnecessary. Um, My Little Sister, quite a good little film there. Uh, Never Gonna Snow, a Polish film. That was a bit weird. Quite edgy, kind of. Had a gangster, like a local gangster. Couple of hours in, and we finally get to a Polish film. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Didn't like it, to be honest. Didn't like it much. Yeah. Um, June, we've mentioned. French Dispatch, we mentioned. No Time to Die, we mentioned. Buddy Guy, we mentioned. Natural Light, I briefly mentioned. The Hungarian film. That's yeah. so, so bleak. You know, I might have spoken about, um, what was it called? The Black Crow or something. I think it was called the film. Uh, I had in my top five last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Black yeah. and white thing, which was like a, an ongoing, horrendous, hellish dream yeah. sequence. This one was sort of set in this kind of sepia, browny, kind of coloured tones. Um, it's set in the outback somewhere during the World, World War. And um, just it's unrelentingly bleak. Uh, I can't really describe too much about it other than to say I liked it, but it was probably very hard going for most people yeah but it didn't make my top five no. spencer i thought was very good oh the uh diana film i i had no interest in that film when i saw no the i didn't so i haven't seen it i watched Kristen it. stewart certainly looks the part in the yeah. trailer that i've seen I, I watched it with trepidation it was actually very good what, what okay. i really liked about it was the the music and the sense of claustrophobia which is obviously they're trying to portray yeah. a situation where a sympathetic uh, view to Diana's situation. Yeah. Spencer, obviously princess of Wales. Um, and the sense of claustrophobia is really well handled. It wasn't so obvious and heavy handed, but you really had the sense of somebody suffocating in a world where, you know, just ordinariness just doesn't wash. Yeah. You have to be above all that. And it, it was suffocating in a good way. She was excellent, to be honest. I'm okay. I was pleasantly surprised with how oh, good brilliant. she was. I recommend it. Um, the next load of stuff we've mentioned already House of Gucci. Phil, you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, I quite enjoyed about House that. of Gucci. Did you like J- Jay Leto? Jared Leto. He was unrecognizable, oh, wasn't he? It was I think dreadful. he got. I think he got a golden raspberry for that as well. He he. But he's also been nominated for awards. Hand yeah, it up. it's a polarizing performance. Seriously, isn't it? he's still he's still sitting somewhere chewing that scenery now. Yeah, it was, oh, it was awful performance. 
do you know what? I found it distractingly bad. I, it just took me yeah. out of the whole. I mean, Lady Gaga, I thought was kind of good. I thought she was on, great. It was on the edge of being a caricature, but it was just the right side of I it. I thought Jeremy Irons was great. Yeah, yes, he was great. Um, but Jared Leno, I, I just Al Pacino was great. Al Pacino, I thought Al Pacino was a bit too Al Pacino. Yeah, well, that's what he does. He <laughs> was a bit yeah. too Italian. Yeah, he, yeah. If you know yeah. what I mean. Um, that's what you get. I, I mean, he's Leno, in his eighties now, I think, as well. Yeah, but Leno, I thought distract, distractingly was just too much. It was ridiculous, awful, awful stuff. I saw a short. It's an interesting film. story, though. I mean, it's. It, it, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam Driver it, again, of course. Yeah. I think Adam Driver is another kind of Benedict Cumberbatch type actor that can literally turn himself to almost anything. Mm. I think he's great. I mean, yeah, whatever you see him in, he's always watchable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I saw a short film festival. We won't go into any further detail on that, but that was quite interesting. Uh, come On, Come On with um, Joaquin Phoenix. That's quite a nice little film. Nothing special to it, particularly. Uh, we've mentioned last night in Soho already, haven't we? Um, yeah. Mothering Sunday, that was quite a nice little period drama, not too bad. Did you see Lamb? No, that's is that the Icelandic horror yes. type film with Bjork? Is it Bjork in it? Or did no, I it's um, what's the name? No, is it? Rapace, is it? Or oh, okay, it's one of the um, dragon tattoo actors. Yeah. Um, she's in, she's in, she's in the trip that I was talking about earlier. That everyone yes, I saw watch. that, yeah. 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 Well, I saw that. I saw that she was in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lamb is mad. It's um, it's surrealist in a very yeah. I'm not a big fan of that kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't think I'd enjoy it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, One film that was on my shortlist: the The Lost Daughter. Did you see that? Olivia Colman. No. Very good. She's always watchable. Yeah. And always on. (laughs) <laughs> yeah she seems to be everywhere i mean yeah, lost also was brilliant it's on um, netflix again oh, okay. um yeah so available to watch she plays uh, a woman who's gone on holiday and she just wants to be left alone and do her own thing but there's an impositional family of quite edgy characters a very big family of people yeah noisily imposing themselves upon her and her surroundings ed harris is playing a guy who's oh he's brilliant yeah he's great isn't he he's playing a caretaker for the for the holiday locations, yeah, the, the properties, um, and there's something. I'm only used to him being baddies and everything that he's in. He's, yeah, he's made yeah. some being baddie, yeah. and that's what's interesting with this film because he plays uh, essentially this family is clearly quite edgy. There's something a bit violent, dangerous yeah. about them. Um, they've got only, you know, circumstantial interaction with Olivia Coleman, but Olivia Coleman has got something going on with her a daughter estranged or something else going on. In the meantime, this other family, the daughter goes missing and she helps find them. And you're not quite sure if she's taken the girl and then moved her. And then she at one point steals an item of clothing. And it's all a bit weird. And Olivia okay. Coleman's character is a bit screwed up. She's meantime having some kind of relationship with Ed Harris, not sexually, but just uh, this, yeah, this yeah. kind of like a, a vibe going on. And She's taken this doll that the child had, and it, everything about this story just feels on edge. That the the mother of the lost girl, who's, who's found and everything's yeah. fine, she's clearly part of this edgy family, and she can turn at any given moment. But you feel that there's somebody there to help and reach out to, 
And Olivia Coleman's character clearly tries to do that. And I thought it was a really interesting film. Again, you didn't quite know where it was going to go. And I love those films. And that's why it was on my shortlist. Very good film. Um, A few other things we've mentioned here. Just skipping through. Humans, that was a, the humans, that was a bit weird. Black and white, almost black and white film. Described as a horror film. It's about a daughter landing in um, New York in, a, in a, some sort of tenement yeah. building. Uh, there's weird kind of noises going on. And it's about a family just having dysfunctionality, uh, lots of arguments, and there's something weird going on. Bit odd. Not sure I quite liked it. Um, I did quite like Moxie, which you've seen as yeah, well. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I thought that was great. I thought that was really good. Sort yeah, of film yeah. I could easily... It's a sort of feel-good film, wasn't it? High yeah. school, high school yeah. kids again, you know, jocks and geeks and, you know, introverts yeah, no. and blah, blah, blah. But, but you, find your, you find yourself che- cheering on, the, cheering yeah. them on, don't you? With no one famous in it, really, apart no, from no, Amy Poehler as the director yeah. who plays the mum of the main character. Um, the father we mentioned... Um, uh, yeah. three more. Have you got any more films to mention, by the way, Phil? I mean, not that I would like to enjoy. I mean, we talked about disappointing directors earlier. Hmm. Um, I was, no sudden move by Steven Soderbergh, I thought was p- pretty dull. Um, not even new, heard of that. <laughs> the new Guy Ritchie film uh, that had Jason Statham in it, Wrath of Man. I didn't think that was particularly interesting either. There was a bit of a dearth of quality a- a action films really last year. Yeah, that was. I do we- have to say, that was the weakness, wasn't it? Well, the only other three films I've got on my list are the Electrical Life of Louis Wayne. That's Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict well, Cumberbatch again, and again, yeah. he's very good. Yeah. Now this was interesting because most people here, whether um, they know it or not, would have seen Louis Wayne's work. Yeah, he does caricature style versions of cats, some of them in human style social situations. Yeah, um, they're caricatures, but they he's from I think Edwardian era, I think it is. Um, and he was a troubled character, he was a bit of an odd, oddball introvert, um, very creative, amazingly, amazingly good at art. He could draw stuff with both hands at once and knock up a sketch in seconds. Yeah. Amazing character, amazing talent, but a troubled life. And he, he, he became, at a very early age, um, burdened with the task of looking after a lot of siblings, younger siblings. Oh, okay. And he wasn't really the sort of character suited for that. He was an eclectic, maverick, sort of in his own world type of guy. And he, he wasn't suited to being a, matri- uh, a patriarch figure. He was more his own entity. Uh, he suffered tragedy. He lost his wife after he finally found love. And it went on from there. And it, it, a lot of sadness involved in the film, but it, really good, touchingly portrayed by Benedict Cumberbatch. I thought the other roles were really nicely played. That was a good film. Um, there was um, The Harder They Fall, which is one of these films I've watched in the last couple of days. Yeah. Western with a predominantly black cast. Idris Elba. Oh, yeah. Most notably, and a load of people that you wouldn't necessarily no, Lakeith uh, Stanfield. Stanfield is oh, one he's of the great. Other. He's, he's great. Yeah. Um, interesting story. It, it's kind of got Tarantino-esque directorial flourishes. Oh, okay, I'll have to watch you know, it's got those kind of punchy, slick kind of slightly un, unusual, punchy, edited kind of scenes in it. Um, it's an interesting story. 
not too bad, quite rounded, decent, not bad. It's a popcorn film, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and finally, one of the other films I've just seen is a film called Quo Vadis Aida, or Aida, um, yeah. which is about uh, the Bosnian, uh, well, it's about the, um, the situation in the Balkans in the mid-90s. Oh, um, Srebrenica and all of that. It's exactly about Srebrenica. Yeah, okay. yeah, so it's about that whole thing with the atrocities that occurred there, the UN yeah. base. Um, Aida is, God, you, is like, a, you like making life difficult for yourself. Yeah. With your choice of film. As if the you news know, isn't depressing enough. Yeah, exactly. Civil lines, uh, I, Aida is, I mean, Aida is, of course, a famous yeah. um, opera, but Aida, the character, is a mother of um, two adult children, both boys, um, she's, I think from what I gather, she's a Bosnian yeah. who's, who's at the, um, the UN, um, base in Srebrenica and she's working partly as a translator, partly as a intermediary. Um, she gets her husband involved to try and get him and the sons through the barriers because the, the holding facility, which has got very limited, yeah. um, resources is full and there's a whole load of other people outside the barrier who are technically vulnerable to Serbian attack. Yeah. Depending on, you know, how they behave. And so she manages to get her husband and her sons inside the facility. And then she gets her husband to be one of the translating team when they go to meet General Mladic, um, okay. who's of course the real life character. And it's, yeah. uh, it's a very tense situation. She, she is very much the heartbeat of the film. She's trying to interact with these Dutch guys who are running the UN base and there's all sorts of protocols and rules and yeah, yeah, these generals in the UN camp are just saying, we can't do this. We can't do that because if we do it for one, we have to do it for everybody. So you've got this whole tension around that one situation and it covers the atrocities and it covers um, the despair and the angst. It is harrowing. It's quite bright and, kind of you know interactive it's it's quite engaging as a film but ultimately the the subject matter is pretty is pretty it's quite grim yeah um i th- i think it was an it was nominated as um one of the foreign language oscar oh, okay. entries yeah. yeah um one other documentary i watched that talking of harrowing subject matter was dissident which is a documentary oh. about the murder of jamal khashoggi that that was very very good mm. and uh, it and very sobering um another documentary i enjoyed on a less depressing note was zappa uh, what about frank zappa this is about frank zappa mm. um uh, made by the um alex winter who was bill from bill and ted and he's now a documentary yeah. filmmaker yeah it's great <laughs> hang on what's going on here so you've got because because keanu reeves did a documentary about um something to do with film didn't he? The actual. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he the, he directed a um, a great yeah. action film a few years ago called Man of Tai Chi, but yeah, <laughs> not many people saw it outside of a certain kind of you know clique. So, I love who, it. Who who would have known Bill and Ted would have, <laughs> would have both made documentaries? <laughs> That's brilliant. So there there we go. I mean, I think that covers everything really that we've seen. There may yeah. be other films that we've not seen. Either of us have not seen. Um, which are worthy of notes. Yeah, I mean, there's a, I've got a list of about 40 other films that I've seen, but um, I wouldn't recommend any. They're all sort of four <laughs> or five out of ten films. So, yeah. yeah. And there, there are films that 
neither of us have seen, of course. We have to put in the disclaimer. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think we've had a pretty good go between the two of us, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And anything else um, we can we can check out later on down the line. Um, so all that leaves... Thank now, you really. very much for listening. Yeah, yeah. We, we've, we're going, currently deciding what we're going to do next. So we, Yeah, we'll have a chat in a second. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have a chat in a second. By the time you listen to this, there may be, or maybe not, episode notes implying what's coming next. If there isn't, stay tuned anyway. Yeah. And Phil, it's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you. I've got yeah. a long list of films that I now need to watch. <laughs> this is the worst thing with this. And you, That's all the listeners great. out there, I'm sure you've got a big list as well. Honestly, those ones we recommended, really check them out. There's some, yeah. some great material out there really worthy of note so until next time phil thank you we'll and, see, um, see you soon we'll see you soon and we'll say cut <laughs> <laughs>